everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey. It's been a long time since we've been doing this. It does feel like forever, doesn't it, Anthony? It does. It does. I almost oh. forgot who you were. Oh, I mean, I almost forgot who I was, too. I mean, fortunately, nobody really even cares who I am anyway. <laughs> but that is up for me to tell everybody right now. I am, of course, your host, Mark Williams. And I am joined by the very sexy Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Yeah, Mark, I'm glad I'm glad to be back at it with you. And uh, I guess uh, I guess, you know, we always make we always make a lot of loo jokes and involving you and stuff. We might as well might as well tell everyone that you're fish. You're officially for real on on Lou's uh, shit list. Um, <laughs> it's, safe, it's safe to say Mark, Mark or really any of us will never do anything affiliated with the New York Islanders. Well, I mean, well, just with Lou, that's that's about it. I mean, there's so much. So much to go with. Uh, there's a long story that has to go with that. Uh, I won't. I won't. Well, let's. Uh, all right, let's, go ahead. You, I mean, we, yeah, because we we talked about how how Alexander Romanov was going to be doing a an endorsement deal with us, and uh, let's just say uh, let's just say it was it was ready to go. I, I had I had the video preview from Romanov on my phone to OK. I said he could post it, and about an hour later, we were told that uh, you know he can't do it, and. Um, we were going to be refunding the money. Apparently, Lou himself or someone in the Islanders PR uh, saw something that they didn't like, and uh, you know, told and said that Romanov couldn't do it. You know, God forbid someone criticize criticize Big Lou. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if he happened to see my show a couple of days beforehand, uh, just expressing you know that he didn't really improve the team all that much, and uh, I didn't say anything bad. You know, I just I just spoke true. Um, or maybe, or maybe it was the nose, the, the nose picking meme that you posted, Mark, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was that, but, um, or, or it could way, have been the one, the star Wars one where it was, yeah, you're, you're going yeah. to sign free agents, right? You're going to yeah. sign a free agent, right? Um, well, whatever it was, either himself or someone high up in the aisles PR did not like us and, uh, axed it. So it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, again, I'm disappointed that, you know, at least we had the opportunity to meet Romanov and, and Sorokin. Um, it, it would have been nice to have Romanov make that post and draw some eyes on us. But uh, apparently for, you know, speaking the truth and just being a open and honest media person, we got we got shunned. So it's uh, it's safe yeah. to say we will we will never have a New York Islander player on our show or or really well, anything. current current now. New York Islander, at least not for right yeah. now. Um yeah. But I, I think the, the bottom line that Anthony is also trying to get at is, look, we are going to always be truthful with you guys. We're not going to grab the pom-poms always. If there's something critical, we're going to mention it. And if so, we're, we're going to be very critical about things. This goes back to stuff that I've said before. This goes back to Filk. I mean, the, you don't have to worry about Filk holding his opinion back. You never have to worry about that guy holding his opinion back. Look, this is we're we're not going to always have things with rose tinted glasses. It's just it, that's that's not what honest journalism is. And we're going to be honest, honest journalists because it's not going to just be, oh, this, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. No, we're going to call it like it is. And that's it. And if and if we're proved wrong, we're proved wrong. I love to be proved wrong by guys. I mean, after all, I've I, I've said in the past as a fan on on when I was doing all things Rangers, that Matt Zuccarello wasn't going to be that good. He proved me wrong. So, 
it's it's just lots of stuff like that. We're always going to be honest. We're always going to bring our opinions because that's what you want. And truth, truth be told, that's what we want. We don't want to hold bite our tongues for no reason. So everybody today, we have got a lot to talk about from well, Nils Lundqvist's trade request. First, to, Mark, uh, before we move on, it's funny that the video that I have of Romanov on my phone is sort of going to be like a so we're going to be like those championship t-shirts that you know the world never sees and ship to third world countries the loser teams never going to see the <laughs> Super light Bowl of the day. champion buffalo bills yeah, it's never going to see the light of day I, I have i have it on my phone but it's uh like i said it's going to go the wayside of the 2022 lightning stanley cup t-shirts that are floating around somewhere in kenya uh never to be seen but um i do have it and uh like i said it, it was cool he he did it well but uh you know, it was well again, all appreciation to the players that were involved and all appreciation to everybody that was trying to pull pull things together. Look, it's 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 a long road for any internet popularity or at least starting a media company because that's where we're going to be. We're we're going to be branching out to do other things eventually. There will be a big Apple baseball eventually. There's gonna be more. And it's you know, it's it's just a bump in the road. That's that's it. And that's the way that I'll always, I'll always look at that. And we're going to improve with every single video for you guys. And that's where we are. But by the way, uh, just to mention some of the topics we're talking about today, we have Mills Lundquist's trade request from the New York Rangers. Mason McTavish is awesome. Save a few weeks ago. We're going to cover that one. And we're going to start with the NHL Network putting out their list of the top goalies in the league. Oh, and uh, before we get into that, if you guys happen to notice, I'm wearing a Big Apple hockey hat. It's available in both blue and white backgrounds. There's a link below to our eBay page. Check them all out. I think they came out great. I like it. Uh, yeah. And you know what? Uh, they're, it's, it's probably the only hat I'm going to wear. And I have about, let's see, uh, 15 of them within eyesight. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, the, the hats for guys are sort of like shoes for girls. But yeah. that's a different story. So... Go click the link below, check it on out, and talk more about it soon enough. And, of course, everybody, check out Manscaped. And <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think he wants to hear from Mark. I don't think he wants to hear Big Apple Hockey right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's no, for sure. No, he does not. He no, does not. No, definitely not. But, everybody, by the way, also check out Manscaped. Use the promo code BAH, 20% off, and free shipping. And, you know – everything because we're we're like i said we're starting out we're just enjoying all this is this is where the fun is so anthony nhl network put out their list of the top 10 goalies right now and the key word always is right now sometimes there's a lot of disagreements on a lot of things so here's the list two of them in the top five are from the the new york teams Ilya sorokin at number five eager circuit at number two Give me your thoughts on the top five. Well, I think what what's happening here with this top five is that uh, Ilya Sorokin and Igor Shesterkin were basically not not punished, but I think I think it was critiqued on being that they both only had one elite year so far, so they were they were ranked a little lower. In my opinion, Shesterkin should have been one, Sorokin should have been second. Um, but again, because obviously Vasilevsky has been 
you know, one of the best or elite goaltending for the last four or five years, they still ranked him one being that, you know, this was Shesterkin's first year where he really outperformed everybody. And, and same thing, and same thing with Sorokin, you know, Mark, um, Ilya Sorokin had a better goals against average and save percentage than Andre, Andre Vasilevsky, who's ranked number one, and shutouts. He had a better GAA and save percentage and more shutouts than UC Saros, who was three. And he had a better save percentage than Jacob Markstrom, who was fourth. Um, you know, so the logic in that, I mean, how, how do you put UC Saros ahead of him when Sorokin, you know, mopped the floor with him in all three of those categories? And Nashville was a much better team. Um, I mean, hell, even Tampa, like, again, better numbers than Vasilevsky. And Tampa is a much better team than New York Islanders. Uh, so, in my opinion, uh, you know, Shesterkin and Sorokin should have been one and two for sure. Um, you know, playoffs, I know it's based on pretty much the regular season, but Markstrom was not good in the playoffs. He did lead the league in shutouts. Um, but I don't know how about having him at four, especially at his age. He's a little older. Um so yeah, I mean overall, I mean, like listen, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose sleep over over it, but uh, you know, I w- I would have had Chesterkin at one and Sorokin at two. So um, the rest of the list, I think I think Ettinger is a little a little low. Again, again, you know, it's his first year, so I think they're giving a lot of the other veterans a little more credit and ranking him ranking him below them. But I think Ettinger should be higher. Um, and I mean, Flurry at ten. I mean, it is what it is. He, you know, at his age, he's still performing well. But uh, yeah, overall, I just think Shesterkin and Sorokin should have been one and two. You're actually a lot more critical of this list than I am, and you hit one nail on the head. If you look at the body of work, that's why I think they're where they are. I would I would put Shesterkin number one right now. If you use the words right now, Shesterkin is the best goalie in the league right now. And well, that, you look at the numbers Sorokin put up on a team that didn't make the playoffs. You could make the argument for number two right now. By the way, Anthony, my light is going off right now. So I hope that means the Mets are doing very well. <laughs> um, but the um, the th- but if you go from the body of work, Markstrom ends up beating out Sorokin. Soros ends up beating out Markstrom. Sorokin is the reigning Vesna Trophy winner with one of the most historic seasons in NHL history right now. And Vasilevsky had the playoff run. I mean, Vasilevsky was very good against the Rangers in the playoffs. And that's where you could just say, but I mean, but he wasn't great. He wasn't like phenomenal. I thought if, if Tampa won the Stanley cup this year, uh, Andre Palat might have a chance at the Smythe or Kucherov even, but they didn't. So there, there was no need to worry about that. Um, and, uh, and Kel McCarr, look, Kel McCarr, I, just to say this, by the way, he deserved the Con Smythe this year. So he did win the Con Smythe, right? I'm, I'm not. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay, good. As I'm saying it, I'm going, I'm going, yeah. wait a minute. I, I think I might've got that wrong. There's so much room for improvement on all these goalies on this list. And that's what I love about this list, because you could easily rank both those guys one and two next year. And a matter of fact, there's going to, th- th- you're going to get to the second part of the question. You started to allude to it, but uh, I'll get to that in one second. There's, I would not be surprised though, Sisterkin number one next year or Sorokin number one, because a lot of people are trying to say Sorokin for the Vesna trophy this year. 
Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised. Markstrom, he still has that Daryl Sutter team in front of him. I wouldn't be surprised about that. And Soros, you looked at what Nashville is without Soros. They weren't very good in the playoffs. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I I think realistically, um, you know, any of these guys in the top five could could win the Vesna. But I mean, you know, we could be in a situation, and don't get me wrong, Vasilevsky's still very much in the mix, but you, we could be coming down the pike here where, you know, Sorokin and and um, Shesterkin kind of just battle it out for the Vesna every year. Um, mm-hmm. They're both they're both young and they're both that good. So that 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 certainly could be on the horizon for sure. And they're both athletic and they're both they, there's only a couple things I worry about. And that's injuries and um, really how how much their workload is going to be. Because they try to keep everybody to about sixty games right now. Yeah. Like sixty games is considered to be an Iron Man, and not not so much. I mean, ten years ago, Henrik Lundqvist played I think seventy two games. So it's uh, it's it's you you, you got to see what their backups are going to do. But that's that's a different story. Anthony, let's go to some of these guys now. By the way, I never flashed the sign of did the NHL Network get it right? But out of the top five. Mm-hmm. Outside the top five, as you said, mm-hmm. which goalies do you see moving up next year? Uh, Ettinger for sure, um, and maybe Demko, uh, Anderson. Yeah, uh, mine. I don't see Anderson, Flurry, Hellebuck. I think Ettinger and Demko would be the bit just because they're aged. They're both younger, so I think that's the easy answer. And they're coming into their own. I mean, yeah. I have, I, I do not apologize for holding the torch saying the Vancouver Canucks are going to be dangerous next year under Bruce Boudreaux. And Thatcher Demko is one of those reasons why Uh, we've covered it. I think it was back in um, maybe January in one of our bar talks. I was like, Thatcher Demko has proven that he's a franchise goalie. I think he is. And we'll see more about that soon enough. But, hey, what do you guys think? Who's the top goalie in the NHL? Should it have been Igor Sesterkin? I got a poll question going right now. Who is the best goalie in the the NHL so far, UC Soros at number three, getting no love. And the U.S. Sturkin right now leading in the votes. Islander fans, you want to throw Sorokin on that list? I'm going to leave that open through the end of bar talk for you. So let's let's keep it going. And uh, let's go, Anthony. I, I discussed this with you. There are some off-season headlines that I think are going to dominate going into next year. And... We're just going to go through some of these right now. We're going to start with the two New York teams. And first off, I'm going to pair a New York team with a Western team, and that's the Rangers and the Oilers. Who's going to make the next step? Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess the, the answer would be, would be the Rangers. Um, I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of people are really expecting the Oilers to take the next step. I mean, does Jack Campbell get them there? Is he that much of an upgrade? over what they had last year. Um, that I don't know. Um, they're over the cap right now still, so they're going to have to make a move for the season starts to get cap compliant. Um, you know, they they retained Vander Kane, which I think at the beginning of really the offseason, a lot of people expected that he was likely going to leave, but they found a way to retain him. Um, you know, their offense, I, I, I still think they could have used another, you know, addition um, a significant addition to their top six to give Dreisaitl and, and McDavid a little more support. 
Um, but that didn't, you know, that didn't happen. They did, they did just sign Ryan Murray recently on defense. Uh, so they have him there now. Um, it gives them more depth back there, but, um, I mean, listen, I, I, I would say, you know, you would think it would be the Rangers, but, um, you know, when you have McDavid and Dryside on your team, honestly, it could easily be them as well. But my first gut would say the New York Rangers. Also, by the way, with the Edmonton Oilers, they played a lot better under the new coach. I forgot his name right now. Uh, over uh, when they fired Dave Tippett, yeah. but yeah. it's been it's been good on their part. So uh, then you look at the Rangers. Can they take the next step? I mean, were they just a little bit fortunate? I I think that this team could. It's a little weird trying to gauge the Rangers in this process because you go from usually you have a progression for a rebuild. You don't go from no playoffs for four years or five years to conference finals. Like that, that, that doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, I, you know what I, I do think it's, it's, no, listen, he's not a, 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 like a difference maker, but I, I will say going back to the Oilers, I think adding Matthias Yanmark is a, is a good, is a good addition for him. You know, he's one of those, he's one of those like bottom six tweener guys that could potentially fill it on a second line that has speed and, you know, is responsible in all areas of the ice. Guys like that are important come playoff time, guys like him. So, um, you know, that, that again, that that helps them out. But, you know, I, I still think overall it's the Rangers. Huge, by the way. And that's a great thing that you said right there. It's huge what what uh, guys like Matias Yanmar could do or Kelly Yarncrook, guys that can play any position are defensively really responsible yeah. and chip in with usually a clutch goal. So we're going to try to go a little bit more rapid fire with some of these headlines and get to the bar talk, which also is pretty much a similar format to this. Will Lou get a new contract from the Islanders? Oh, I'm so sorry for mentioning Lou's name. So <laughs> be, be, be careful, Mark. Yeah. Be very, be very yeah. careful. Praise um, to Almighty Lou. <laughs> but uh, Anthony, won't. so is this now? Is, does he is he even going to want to go past this year? That's going to be another question too. Yeah, that's that's the thing we mentioned before. You know, he he's getting older. Um, Hopefully I don't get a message from someone right now. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just the, the you know, the truth. He, he is getting older. Um, you know, does he want to continue to keep doing this? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, haven't seen any inclination that he doesn't. Uh, so who knows? Um, you know, maybe, maybe if, um, you know, the Islanders have some success again this year, which he's betting on, um, and Ryan Whitney is too. I guess we talk about that a little bit later, which was surprising mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, then maybe he sticks around. Maybe ownerships ask him if he wants an extension. Listen, at this point, because of his track record and, you know, being a, you know, Hall of Famer, um, he, they're going to leave it up. Well-deserved Hall of Famer. Yes. Let me get that in right now. Yeah. They're, they're going to leave it up to him. You know, if he decides he wants to keep doing this, they're going to let him as long as the team has success. Now, on the flip side, if they fail again, then they might not give him a chance because now it's like, okay, you fired Barry Trotz. You didn't upgrade the, the offense during the season. You know, you missed the playoffs again. You know, your last year of contract, maybe at that point, you know, it's not his choice. And, you know, they send him out the door. But um, so right now, honestly, it's, it's too hard to say. And I don't want to take the easy way out. But, I mean, honestly, again, I think for the most part, with the exception of being bad, I think it's up to Lou if he wants to. And I think it's an interesting, uh, I'll go with the word dynamic that they did. You added one player, that one player can change things around a lot more. There's a lot of guys that underperformed on the Islanders last year. More on that in a few minutes. 
but it's that you got to figure you're going to get more out of some guys, maybe less out of Brock Nelson. That's a different story too, but it's, you know, I would hope that he gauged this right. I have my doubts and other teams in, in that division got better and arguably two of them got worse. So we're going to see about that and talk. And we're going to talk more about that in the bar talk segment in a moment. Now, of course, Anthony, the biggest news and our biggest broadcast was when we announced Johnny Gaudreau signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's another question. Can Johnny Gaudreau get the Blue Jackets into the playoffs? And I'll start this one. Maybe. Uh, I like Elvis Merzlikens. I don't know if their defense is there yet. Uh, they're over the cap, too. They're going to have to have some cap casualties. There's still, still some questions that are there. And uh, jury's still out on the coach, but they were only three points behind the New York Islanders. And if I said the Islanders were the second most dangerous team outside the playoffs, then I'm going to have to say Columbus is right there, probably at number three. Um, I'm going to say no, um, just because of how tough the Metro is and other teams and the Atlantic getting better too. Um, and you got to, and listen, I love the addition of Goudreau for them. Um, I love Cole Sillinger and Kent Johnson two two you know, young players for them that are coming up. Um, you know, I like Zach Wierenski in the back end, obviously Patrick Laine. Um, but you know, they did, they did lose Oliver Bjorkstrand in the cap dump move. And he, you know, he was a very good player. Um, their defense is still, is still a lot of their weakness. And I'm not, I'm not, in love with Jacob Voracek making $8 million and being at the age he is. Uh, I don't, I don't really like his game anymore. Um, and I just think they're too far behind some other teams. Don't get me wrong. Gaudreau, but here's the other thing too. You got to remember Johnny Gaudreau is probably not putting up 115 points in Columbus. I mean, I'll, I'll I mean, I'd be willing to bet the house on that. So um, I mean, yeah, if Gaudreau scored 150 points with Columbus, then could you say maybe they get in the playoffs? Absolutely. However, most more realistically, I think he might just be a 80 point player, 85 point player on the Blue Jackets. Uh, that I don't think is enough to propel them into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and I think that would be acceptable from Blue Jacket fans for his first season being almost a point per game player because I can't remember the last time a Blue Jacket player had that many points that maybe wasn't named Artemi Panarin. So we'll see about that. And again, you know, the, the Blue Jackets are a team that they're coming. So a lot of a lot of those Metro teams that you're sitting back, like the New York Rangers going, hey, we're going to be the, the dominant team for, for a while. First off, cap problems coming next year. But there's the, – Columbus is a team that they're, they're trying to stake their claim of being the team of the future. So we'll see about that one. Uh, going to the team that Johnny Gaudreau left, Calgary Flames and the Florida Panthers, did they improve from last season? Honestly – I can't believe I'm going to say this because, you know, th when they lost Gaudreau and then, you know, you heard the before Kachuk was traded, you heard the rumors that he was asking for out. I would have never thought I would say yes. But, yeah, Calgary did. Imp I, I thought they I think they improved. Um, you know, you could make the case that Jonathan Huberto is, you know, a better player than than Johnny Gaudreau. And, um, you know, they brought in Nazem Kadri, who's a very good player, too. So, you know, yeah, you lose Gaudreau and you lose Kachuk, but you bring in. Huberto, and then you bring you bring in like a playoff performer, Nazem Kadri, and then not to mention you know Mackenzie Weger they added. Um, so yeah, I, I think Calgary could be right there again. Um, as for Florida, 
I, I mean, I don't know. Um, Matt Kachuk's still a great player. It depends. You know, Huberto and Barkov had fantastic chemistry together. Is there a guarantee that Kachuk's going to mesh well with him? I don't know. He's still a good player regardless, but there's some there's some questions there in Florida. Mm-hmm. So, And then there's the Bobrovsky thing. You know, does he – you know, can he play at a higher level? Can Spencer Knight become the goalie they thought he could be? So while Florida is definitely going to be a, a good team and certainly a playoff team, I'm I, I'm not I don't know I'm not as high on them as I was going into this you know last off season. So, but we'll see. And I I am still high on Florida, but I will say this. Uh, and Paul Maurice, I I think. I think he's a good coach. I just don't know if he's going to be the right fit for them because he's going to bring them down a little bit defensively. But I don't know if they're going to have the same offense. And keep in mind, that was a team that they led the third period in goals in the NHL. And there were times where they were down multiple goals and won games in regulation. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to happen as much right now with them. I will say this when it comes to Florida. Again, I've criticized this from the dawn of this podcast that you sign a goalie to an eight year deal and then draft a goalie in the first round has got to be one of the dumber moves ever. Technically speaking, they drafted Spencer Knight, then signed Sergey Bobrovsky. So let me get that one straight for everybody, but still that's gotta be one of the dumber moves fiscally in the history of the NHL. I mean, cause if Spencer Knight were, I'm shaking my head for all the people listening to this, but it's it's one of those things that just go, what the hell are you doing? So let me just get that one out. Anthony, there were a lot of headlines generated mostly from Atlantic Division teams that were outside the playoffs and one who played well at the end of last season. So here's another question. And the second last question for these headlines is Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, who is going to make the playoffs? None of them. That was easy. Okay, yeah. move on <laughs> to the next one. <laughs> go on, go on. No. None of them. I mean, they're listen. Th- just all three of those teams are in the Atlantic Division, um, and right now you have you have Toronto, Florida, Tampa Bay. I mean, all three of those are are probably locks to to make the playoffs. Um, you know, and then, and then you you know, you have Boston who I think is on the downfall. So, um, but even them, even though I don't like them at all, really Boston, I still put them ahead of Ottawa just a little bit just because of experience. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see a path to the playoffs for any of them. I think they're going to be improved, but I would be surprised if they made the playoffs really surprised. I'm going to agree with you. I think one of these teams might, and I'm going to say Detroit. And the reason why with that is because you're going to have a lot of teams that, that that Atlantic division is going to be interesting. Is Florida going to be as good as what they were last year? Is Tampa Bay going to have a solid regular season? They should. Um, is, is Toronto's goaltending going to be enough? That's a real question for Toronto. And for the regular, for the regular season, probably not to win in the playoffs. But I mean, then again, Matt Murray's won a cup. So, I mean, I, listen, I don't think he's that goalie anymore, but. I mean, I guess he has proved he could do it. I, I just don't think a tandem of Murray and Samsonov is going to bring you very far, unless Samsonov can can reach the heights of people that 
you know, thought he would be when he's coming up the Capitals, then maybe. But I mean, that's that's a big maybe right now. I, I, I don't see with Matt Murray. He's not going to play enough games in the regular season. He gets injured way too much. Even when he was winning those cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins, that's uh, it's still he was uh, prone to injury. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't see it. And also, I mean, Ilya Samsonov has got all the talent in the world, but is he going to be focused? That's another question. I don't know, Anthony. And that Toronto, Toronto's has got a lot of questions. They're going to be able to score goals. That's the one thing. Well, They're going to be yeah. able to score goals. Yeah, they but, they are. But yeah, they again, got they got to keep it out of their own net, and they've been better since they got Giordano. But yeah, you know he's another year older. When anybody that's close to my age is the ones that I have to sit back and go, I don't know, he's getting up there in years. Uh, considering I'm probably going to start playing the over forty league soon. That's that. By the way, that takes a step to to admit when you're going to be yeah. <laughs> playing on the over forty league. Yeah, and then I'm the young spry man going around. All right, and the last question or the last headline going into the season. Uh, who will bottom out for Connor Bedard? And I think there's two candidates right now in the Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks. Can you give me three more teams that will be in the Connor Bedard lottery? Three more teams. Oof. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, the San Jose Sharks, and the Buffalo Sabres. Wow. The Buffalo Sabres. Oh, oh, that's, that's going to hurt if it's, if it's the Buffalo Sabres, by the way, because you, t- you talk about a team that's been trending upward. And, and in, a, in a way, I have to apologize to Kevin Adams, too, speaking about people that have proved me wrong, but not really. But also, Anthony, if that, if that happens, you know, uh, the, the Sabre fans, unless they win the lottery, they're, they're going to be on suicide watch. Which, <laughs> those, those, poor, those poor people in Western New York. Yeah. Well, and they have, the, they, uh, they and, have and a lot of guys, a lot of guys in the chat. I know I haven't brought up any comments yet, but a lot of guys in the chat are saying the flyers, the flyers, I think might inadvertently. That's, that's, an, that's an interesting one. Cause a lot of people talking about Detroit being much better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if it's Detroit, that, that might be the, the weirdest win for Steve Eiserman, I guess, because uh, he's tried to get the number one pick a couple of times and it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, I think he ended up with four, a couple uh, like one of the times the Alexei Lafreniere draft. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how that worked out for him. Did he get a good player out of that? Lucas Raymond. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's, there's, there's going to be teams that are going to be in the, in the Bedard draft. And again, I think the Flyers might inadvertently like back themselves into a tank <laughs> because I don't agree with you. want to talk about, never mind Lou. Chuck Fletcher has done the worst job of any GM. Go ahead and go ahead and prove me wrong, Chucky. I mean, you, you're, you're basically stripped down your team. You got two pylons on defense in Ristolainen and, and D'Angelo. And I mean, now you got John Tortorella. He might actually coach them out of the lottery. Yeah. And John Tortorella is a good coach. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing in Philly. That's an yeah. interesting one. Yeah, but by the way, state of survival. How you doing? See, uh, I don't. First time seeing you. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I could see that because Connor Hellebuck's still a very good goalie. You still have you still have Mark Shifley. You still have Nikolai Ehlers. You have Kyle Connor. 
Um, even though he's getting older, you still have Blake Wheeler. Um, you know, so th- that's Adam Lowry. So that's still that's still a good, you know, a, a pretty good forward group. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see how the Jets could actually be in on Bedard. I, I think those those players that I just named are are too good to you know enable them to tank for Connor Bedard. I think one injury to one of their stars or to Hellebuck, and they might be like in a Hellebuck. I, I, I'm trying to think of a better adjective to say for that or a noun, but it's just like there, there's going to be some issues coming up for the, for the Jets. And Rick Bonus, Rick Bonus is other than having, I think, the Bruins after Milbury and uh, really the, stars in that transitional phase after Jim Montgomery bonus hasn't exactly been the greatest of the head coach. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ripping them or anything. I'm just saying he hasn't exactly had the greatest teams to work with either. Yep. Great, great guy. Everybody loves him. It's excellent. Absolutely. Excellent assistant head coach. You just got to wonder how he's, if, if he could pull it off to be mm-hmm. the head coach on a team that's really trending downward there. That's the only way to say it with them. So we're going to see about that. And uh, again, everybody, by the way, thanks for participating in the raffles. And we got the shirts out right now. I'm wearing a prototype gym shirt with a, there's a tiny, um, I do say the word tiny. It's like half the size of my chest. Uh, but I think it's a little bit too big and I'm not sure about this shirt. I'm, I'm trying to find some good stuff. So that way I don't waste your time with some bad merchandise, but we do have the hats available in blue and in white. Check out the link on down below. You can go to the eBay store, and uh, they only let me post 20 items at a time. I have no idea why. but uh, So right now, supplies are a little bit limited, but we're going to be getting them back in soon enough. All right, Anthony, let's do some bar talk. And of course, I went right past it. Here it is. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Miss beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. I still love how you called me a hack on that one. It was what kind of a hack would come up with that question? <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're going to buy everybody around? You just not really feeling that great. It's just a shot, or so. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just take a beer or a white claw if you want. Though they're 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 popular. I end up drinking them, especially on the golf course. And as I mentioned just a minute ago, the Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are available. Go to the link below to go get one. Anthony, news was made last week, and it makes total sense to me. And a matter of fact, I guess I'll just start it right now. Nils Lundqvist requested a trade from the New York Rangers. So the, the question is, the Rangers will move Nils Lundqvist before the season starts. And I'm going to say shot. Because I don't think that you look so angry with that. Um, I just I just don't think Chris Drury is going to be in any rush to move him. Uh, it might be a case where he packages it, him and say Vitaly Kratzoff if there's not a great camp. And who knows what if Nils comes in and impresses everybody and makes the team? Then he's not going to want to get that trade. But I can understand he's blocked. Really, in in reality, he's got to get. Uh, past Jacob Truba and Adam Fox. 
and he, he can still play the left point on the second power play, which, as everybody knows, Artemi Panarin stays out there almost as long as Alexander Ovechkin. So it's the, he's not the only player that's blocked on the New York Rangers, but I don't think Chris Drury is going to be in any rush to deal him. Um, I'm going to go total opposite. I'm going to go round. I think he's going to be traded by uh, before the season starts. Actually, Arthur Staple had a piece today on the on the Rangers and talking about Niels Lundqvist. Um, you know, he said Niels Lundqvist is you know still over, overseas. Um, he's not going to come over to North America likely until Chris Drury could find a deal for him. Um, he said that the reported uh, offers for Niels Lundqvist has been a second round pick, uh, but Chris Drury has been hesitant to move him for that. Um, but at the end of the day, he's not really going to get much more for it at this point. Um, you know, Nils Lundqvist hasn't really um, shown he's, he's worth more than a second-round pick. I know Chris Jory's holding out for a young player, um, like, a, a, you know, Nils Lundqvist for, I'm just going to throw a name, like Shane Pinto on Ottawa, like that that type of move. Uh, Alex Turcotta, the LA Kings. Well, that's not hap- even close to happening. I know. A lot of people, a lot of fans keep asking for it. Yeah, Pinto's a little more realistic, but um, even that, I think Ottawa says no. So, I don't know. I mean, could he hold out and drag this on and, and wait? But he could. Um, but I think it's best if everyone just gets a fresh start here and, and moves on. Um, so, I, I will say he will be traded before the season starts, but – um, I don't think Drury's going to get the young player that he's looking for. I think he, he's eventually going to bend and take the second-round pick uh, for Nils Lundqvist and, and move on. But, um, you know, it's funny. I mean, I remember last offseason, you know, there was a lot of talk about Nils Lundqvist from, you know, you and Philk and Statboy Steven talking about call the trophy. And I'm like, wow, this guy's being overhyped to, to, all, to all hell here. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he obviously started off slow and then got sent to uh, – AHL and he's been there since but um you know I, I just think that maybe uh the ex- expectations of him were a little unrealistically high um and I get it you guys were excited about him um and he still might be a good player for another team but I, I don't really think it's going to hurt the Rangers all that much if they move him well because the reason why it's definitely not going to move him is one name Adam Fox yeah. you got Adam Fox as long as you have Adam Fox you don't have yeah. to really worry about Nils Lundqvist because you, this is where I talk about the way the Rangers are built the Rangers are a top-heavy team. They, they play their power play, these, these big minutes. So when rumors come up, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit in the Q&A, about Patrick Kane going to the Rangers, my question is why? You, you're, you're not really improving much, and you still got to play uh, Lafreniere and Kako and develop these guys because they're running out of cap space. You can't fit Patrick Kane and his $10 million of salary Maybe at the very end of the season when he's not getting paid that much. And by the way, that the Chicago absorbs half of it. But again, this is the reason why you got to, if, if you're going to have a team where you're paying a lot of guys, you're going to have to have young guys fill those holes. Um, and, and that's the thing. If you're paying big money, you got to have the young guys coming on in. So it's not exactly cost effective. Anthony, we're talking about fresh starts and there's a guy who might be in a need of a fresh start, but we'll see about that. And I don't think there's anybody that was affected more last season with the COVID interruptions than this player. And Anthony Beauvillier will get better production. Will be, oh, let me try it again. <laughs> the New York Islanders will get better production from Anthony Beauvillier this season. Um, I'm going to go around. I mean, I, I, he had a he had an off year, and I think it was a weird year for everybody on the Islanders. But this is a guy that scored 21 goals before, and had two 18 goal seasons. Um, you know, last year 
he had 12. Um, so I, I think for sure he's he's capable of more than that. Um, you know, and Anthony Beauvillier is one of the guys that actually on the Islanders that has a lot of speed. He plays with good pace. Um, I, I think given the right situation, I think he can get back up to that 20-goal plateau and be a more productive player. I know he expects more out of himself. He said it numerous times um, last season. And, you know, he played his best hockey when there was the line of uh, Barzell, Eberle, and Beauvillier. Um, you know, now that Lee has seemed to found a home with Nelson at the end of last year and how well they meshed, uh, I won't be surprised if Lane Lambert tries Beauvillier on Barzell's wing. Um, again, he plays with a lot of speed, just like Barzell. And I think, and they're good friends. I think that helps too. Um, I think they're a good match. So I, I would start him with Barzell and, and see what happens. But yeah, Beauvillier is certainly capable of more. I mean, it's not hard to top 12 goals. And I, and I think he will. Uh, quick question, though. If they, he moves Beauvillier up to the Barzell line, who's going to be the other wing to be the B? Because they're going to have to have a whole new B line. Oh, so it's yeah, gonna, no. Do you throw Bailey up there with them? So that's no, just a no, no, no B line. No I, I would, I would throw Oliver Wallstrom on the other side of Barzell. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to go with a round on this one too. And for some of the New York fans, I'm going to say this: that until last year, Chris Kreider was pretty streaky when he was scoring. Anthony Beauvillier made. Chris Kreider last uh, two years ago looked like the most consistent goal scorer of all time. Beauvillier is a guy that he'll pot three, then another two the next game, and then be silent for a month. So last year it was obvious that it did, that it did affect him. 12 goals, he, he, he can get the 13 very easily, especially on a team where he's going to be playing a lot. We're going to see about that, Anthony. And uh, so my – I think I said round. I'm going to go round on this one because it's not a a, a tall ta- a tall task for him, but he should get at least get the 40 points. He should at least get to I'll say 45 points for Beauvillier. And if he's not, he's a prime candidate for the Islanders to move quickly to get somebody else. So we'll see about that one. All right, Anthony, let's go across the Hudson and let's go to the Jersey Devils, who used six goalies last year the devils used six goalies they recently acquired vtech vanacek the devil's goaltending will be solid this year i'll go i'll go beer um you know vanacek is a decent goalie and you know blackwood had a lot of expectations but he's been hurt and hasn't been playing up to the level that everyone thought he should over the last you know year or so um but he is capable um so yeah they're not they're not bad goalies by any stretch. They're not spectacular either, but I think they're both. If Blackwood could stay healthy and raise his game a little bit and Vanacek can at least just play like he has so far in his career, that's, I mean, to me, that's the definition of solid. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll go with a, with a solid beer on that. I'm going to go beer. I'm going to say the goaltending could be good. Uh, I'm not going to place it at these goaltenders, uh, feet just yet I'll, I'll say this revisionist history for me i used to think lindy ruff was a great head coach now i can't help but look at it and go he had two great goaltenders in ryan miller and dominic Hoshik. and he sends the offense out there ask kari Lettinen and um i forget who his other goalie was in dallas i think it might have been uh anthony emmy at the time but 
I mean, they're going to get shots and they're going to get shots for all over the place. Yeah. I don't know if the devil's defense is going to be good enough. And it, is that going to go to the goaltending? Now, some of it last year was injuries. Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, his ankle hasn't exactly been right. Yeah. Um, I think actually was his injury. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I meant. To, I meant to say yeah. heel. Um, but then you have John DeBernier. How much does he have left in the tank? And then if it's all on Vitek Vanacek, he hasn't played that much in his career. And to, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think there's talent there. We're going to see about it next uh, this year because I think the Capitals might have suited his game a little bit more. But we're going to see about that very soon. And, you know, if, when the Devils are good and all three New York teams are good, uh, New York area teams, I should say, obviously the Devils are in New Jersey. You know what? The rivalries are all better. Anthony, let's go to one of the top players in around the NHL who is not signed by a team currently, and that is Jason Robinson. And Jason Robertson is going to miss regular season games. Um, I'm going to say shot. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to miss any regular season games. Um, you know, after signing Ettinger, uh, I think they. I think they have like a little under $7 million of cap space. So it's not like, and Robertson, you know, would pr- will probably maybe get around 8 million or so. So they won't have to do too much heavy lifting to fit him in, just maybe move a body or two. Um, but I don't think it'll go that far and he'll miss regular season games. I, I think he'll be signed before training camp starts. Uh, but, you know, they, they better be careful though. Cause he's, you know, he's one of their, their best young players, if not the best player on the team. Um, and he's a huge part of their team. I mean, the guy scored 41 goals last year. Um, you know, he drives their offense, especially with Ben and Sagan, you know, not playing nearly to the capability that they have and or what they're paid to do. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think Robertson is, is that important to Dallas, and I don't think they're going to play around. I think they will sign him before training camp starts. Uh, I think they better not. That's that's what I'll say. I think he's probably the most important player on that team. Forty-one goals last year. Wow. Yeah. That's he's 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 kind of having this coming out party. I think I even said he was like one of the most underrated players in the league last year. And uh, that's he's he's off that list. He scored forty goals. Everybody knows who the hell you are. Uh, I said the words. I better not. We had that quote that I think Philk put in our group chat about how the Dallas owner doesn't like paying young players yeah. right away. Like this is one you should pay him, get him an eight year deal and take the discount. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am going to go beer because if it is there, if it gets contentious and he misses some games, I don't think he's going to pull on a nil uh, William Nylander, but it, that's, that's a lot to go on. So, Oh, oops. And that that's 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 a little bit too much to ask, especially for a team contending in that division where you already have to go up against four good teams, very good teams at that. And then you got the teams in the Pacific Division, which I'll allude to with this one. The LA Kings will challenge for the Pacific Division. And uh, you know what, Anthony, I'll start off. Uh beer. I'm gonna just be happy just to say that. Uh, Drew Doughty back in the fold, Kevin Fiala in there. Uh, but then again, does that affect the production of, say, guys like Ayafalo, uh, if he's taking a role away from other guys? 
Is Cal Peterson, he could be better ne- next year. Is Jonathan Quick going to be as good as he was last year? Those are a couple of the questions that I have. When you got half the team getting older in the good way and half the team getting older in the bad way, you know, we'll see about that. But I, I think the Kings, the Kings could be a very good team next year. I don't know if they win the division, though, especially since Calgary might have even gotten better. Yeah, I think beer too. Um, I mean, obviously Edmonton's going to be there. Calgary's going to be there. But, you know, L.A. had a good stretch last year. I mean, they 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 got, you know, they were in contention there for a little bit. Um, and, you know, they had, like you mentioned, they added Kevin Fiala, who's a great player. Um, Adrian Kempe is a really solid, underrated player, in my opinion. Um, Ayafalo, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Byfield's going to be another year older. Uh, Kapari, you know, Kaliev. So they got they got guys coming. Um, I mean, to me, their their defense, I think, still lacks a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, Edler is kind of M. I mean, Mikey Anderson, Sean Dersey. I mean, they're they're OK players, but nothing spectacular. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're they're a good team. Uh, I think they're a playoff team. Um, but ultimately, I, I I don't see them being better than Calgary Edmonton. But again, they are going to be competitive and push. Anthony, since we've been off and we haven't been able to talk about it, the World Juniors was played. And one guy that made a hell of a lot of headlines, and I'm going to play the clip of him right now, is Mason McTavish, who made this play to to keep the gold medal for Canada. And if you watch, they send it up, it's tipped. He bats it out of midair in front of a yawning open net. Like yeah. that's just unbelievable. And let me just forward on this. Oh, there it is. He's gonna bat it out. Yeah. And he bats <laughs> it out straight down. That... Unbelievable. That that is unbelievable. So Anthony, yeah. he was the leader of the tournament. Mason McTavish is going to be a star and with big four-letter words on or what caps, all caps. Um, I mean, that's tough. I, I want to say round, but I think I'm going to stick with beer. But, I mean, he's going to be a hell of a hockey player. I mean, the the tournament that he had was outstanding. And then, the, obviously, the act of batting that puck out. And not only that, but the fact that he was in position down low to be there to even do that shows that, you know, he's he's a smart hockey player. Um, you know, and he's he's got the tools. He, he's got his, his skating's pretty good. He's got hands. Um you know, I think he has that he has that drive in him, like that motor that doesn't stop. Um, and not many guys have. Uh, so he's going to be a really good player for the Ducks for a long time. Um, I, he's going to be a core piece to go along with Zegris and, and Troy Terry. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's close to a round for me. But, I mean, I don't know. Depends what your definition of star is. But I'm, I'm going to go beer. Oh, you just hit that last sentence. That just, oh, you're killing me on that one. Now I have to define what a star is. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, like, uh, definitely an all-star. We'll say that. And, like, a no-brainer all-star. Not like a generational player. I'm not comparing him to Connor Bedard, who's likely going to be the top pick of the NHL draft this year. And uh, as we know, by the way, th- that lottery, Arizona is going to lose it. But that's a different story. Because, I mean... Arizona does not win lotteries. They should actually just put that on the building outside of the 5,000 seat arena that they got. <laughs> but it's, 
Yeah, no, I'm going. I'm going around. I'm going around. I I listened to this kid in in all throughout the tournament. He led the tournament in points, and he was on the same team as Connor Bedard, who's this generational talent that everybody keeps talking about, and especially our our illustrious co-host, Mr. John Falkowski. Not to take anything but, away from McTavish, but he's he's older than Bedard. You know, he's more yeah. Than that's actually where I was about to go with on that one. Don't yeah. worry, I wasn't going to forget. But again. You know, he 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 had a great tournament. He did. And no, I think he's got it up. Here. I think he's got it up here, which helps. Okay. <laughs> I thought you had a retort on that one. By the way, Anthony, just to mention also uh for your New York Islanders, a guy with three goals and seven assists in that tournament, Atu Ratu, who had a great tournament. So So did William DeFore. Yeah, so did William DeFore, who had uh, I think he had seven points and for the New York Rangers. Brennan Othman, six points. So and oddly enough, in, in that uh, Corey Pronman's 150 best prospects under 23 players prospects list that I sent you guys, uh, yeah. whenever that was, I was surprised that Dufour is actually ranked higher than Rod- Ratu, much higher. He was ranked. Yeah. Higher. Well, you know what? When you're the the uh, I think it was the MVP of the Quebec Ranger Junior League. Yep. Yeah, that's that's not exactly a tough junior league and, and Memorial to, Cup MVP. Too. And I'm being sarcastic. That is a tough junior league. So it's it's uh when you're the MVP of that league, you you certainly turn yeah. some heads. By the way, it's a good thing you brought that up, Anthony, because we're gonna have to stay in Quebec because news came out last week, and uh, I just lost Anthony for a minute. So <laughs> although he's probably still there, it's just I just got all right. But by, by the way, I still can't believe that that play that that McTavish made knocking that that puck down. So, Anthony, staying in Quebec, news came out that Carey Price is going to miss the next season, and likely yes. he might be done as an NHL goaltender. We'll see about that if if the injuries to his knees uh, continue to hamper him. And Anthony. Carey Price is a Hockey Hall of Famer. Um, I mean, I, I gotta. Well, I guess. Well, I'll put it this way. I guess if you if you could say Lundqvist is a Hall of Famer without a cup, um, I guess you have to say Carey Price is too. Um, I mean, Carey Price was an elite goalie in this league for a while. Um, had you know has had a lot of individual accolades for sure. Um, and you know, he was the face of, you know, hockey Canada for a little bit there after, you know, he kind of dethroned Brodeur, um, you know, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess you gotta say he is, um, just sad how his, if this is it for him, how his career ended, but he was dominant goalie for, for a while. He was, he was an elite goalie. Um, no matter if you like him or not, or the Canadians, you have to admit that, but I think, I think he is going to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, by the way, because you added in Henrik Lundqvist, because first, I'm going to give you my answer on this. When you say the words, uh, first, so first, let me give you the round for you. Uh, when you're going to say the words Hockey Hall of Famer, it includes your World Junior stats and your Olympic uh, stats, and Kerry Price is a gold in both of them. And I'm going to go with, I'm actually going to go with a round for me. Uh, I do have to look, I think Carey Price is a hall of fame person. Uh, I don't necessarily think 
He's is the best goalie of his generation. And the reason why I'm also going to bring that up also, I'm glad you brought up the Henrik Lundqvist thing because I made an article on our podcast blog, uh, BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com, comparing Henrik Lundqvist and Carey Price in their careers. But let's go back to the actual question about Carey Price. And you look at his numbers and you look at his accomplishments. Uh, th- those are all great numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lundqvist, as I've also brought up, has got better numbers in every major category, more wins, better goals against, better save percentage by a hundredth or sorry, a thousandth of a point. He has a 0.918 save percentage, but Lundqvist has always been more consistent going to carry, but back to carry price. Um, He's kind of one of those guys. I, I can't help but think um, what would his career be like without the injuries? Cause he dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, 2014 obviously is the most famous one than the injury that uh, happened in the Eastern conference finals. But there's I, – I, I still put him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, obviously, the NHL writers already put him in the Hall of Fame. He was a top 100 player of all time. Not Rod Gilbert, not Evgeny Malkin, not Henry Glunquist, but Carey Price. So we all know he's going there. Now, I think – but, but you put in the World Junior Gold Medal and possibly the best World Junior Tournament ever – and he was uh, he was unworldly. I think he had a point nine six zero save percentage. I got to look it up. I have it in the article, but it's he was ungodly. And then in the Olympics, he was just as good in Sochi. So where he actually, by the way, beat Henrik Lundqvist that year. And uh, it's it's one of those things that I think I think he's a Hall of Famer, but I also kind of think his his career was cut a little bit short. And hopefully it's not. Hopefully he's he's able to battle back. And uh, obviously, Carey Price, uh, that moment at the NHL Awards, I think it was three years ago. What a moment when he's uh, he came out and gave the jersey to the kid. Uh, just it was great. So, I mean, Carey Price, I wish him all the best. He's he, he's a Hall of Famer. I wonder how he's a Hall of Famer. Curtis Joseph is not, but that's a different story. But we'll figure that one out. And it's not, by the way, Anthony, there are guys with more wins than him. Chris Osgood's got more wins, but I'm not going to argue Chris Osgood's better than Gary Price. No, there's a lot of those guys that are like that. There was another name that was bantered all around Twitter this week and Instagram. And I'm still, I'm I'm just saying, really? We got to ask this question, but we're going to ask it, folks. And that's Steven Stamkos is a Hockey Hall of Famer. It's around yeah. Round, and I really, really don't even have to say anything more than that. It's a round. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to give him a round, too. Uh, we're going to talk about him for about five seconds because how is this even a question? Let me throw up his career stats. He's 19 away from 500. He's uh, 28 points away from 1,000. He's a two time Rocket Richard winner, a two time Stanley Cup champion, and he almost won his third this year. Yeah. Like, I mean, and not and to he mention he's, he's hit 60 too. Yeah, he had yeah. 60 goals. Yeah. I think he had, I think he won the Rocket Richard with 51 and 60, 60 yeah. goals. I think they were, yeah. or maybe a 60. I mean, either way, come on. Like, I can't believe there are places that, that, uh, that put this up there as, yeah. as a question. Like, there was another question that was on 
This is this is how much we're dismissing this question, by the way. I'm already starting a brand new question in the middle of this. There was another one I saw yesterday at the day on Instagram, which was, do you think Austin Matthews is starting to uh, lay claim to the best American, the best American player of all time with Patrick Kane? And my reply on there was, first off, you misspelled Brian Leach, Mike Madano, uh, Pat LaFontaine, Chris Chelios, like, don't just dismiss it and go, oh, it's Patrick Kane, and then that's it. Can it be Patrick Kane? Yeah, I mean, there's, but there's a, it's a healthy debate for the best American. No, there, there, there is a healthy debate, and I think a lot of people in our generation will throw out names like that. Maybe the younger generation, not as much, but um, honestly, I, it's not a stretch to say Patrick Kane's the best American-born player of all time. The guy, it's not a stretch. No, I'm not no, saying that. But no. Austin Matthews already. Oh, well, no. I mean, Austin Matthews, no. And that, that's that's a little too early. Could he be when it's all said and done? Easily. Sure. But, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it very well might be Patrick Kane. Very well might be. <laughs> but, I mean, Steven Stamkos, a Hall of Famer with a question mark? Uh, Yeah. <coughs> I mean, it's not like we're asking if John Tavares is a Hall of Famer. That's, yeah. I mean. That's a different story. That That is. That is. But, and, uh, oh, by the way, did you also see this, that uh, Connor McDavid only has two players drafted in 2008, uh, since 2008, with more career points than I him. saw it. It was Tava- yeah. Tavares and Stamkos, right? Tavares and Stamkos. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, he was, and he was drafted, oh, uh, seven years after the oldest guy on the list. Yeah. So how yeah. about that? All right. Guys, once again, to everybody, thank you very much for Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where, by the way, I am showing off this hat today and also available with the white background, too. Anthony should probably be getting a knock on the door sometime to get his because I got to get it for my co-hosts. So that's it's, it's just that simple. They they earned it. So uh, but go click the link below. Uh, I got the eBay store up there. So check it out. And obviously, everybody, check out Manscaped. Use the promo code BAH, 20% off, and free shipping. So, Anthony, you don't have any editorials, right? No. All right. So you know what this means, everybody. we got to go to your questions. So let's start getting some of these. Uh, well, by the way, Mr. Sintastic, 100% true. I think one, one – that, but again, that's, uh, that's, that's my opinion. And there are lots of people that were calling me an idiot. As a matter of fact, there's people that call me an idiot every single day. Usually it's my family, but it's, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist was one of the most consistent, <laughs> was one of the most consistent goalies of his generation. And actually not, not one of, he was the most consistent. His, his, you look at his numbers, they, they didn't waver all that much. I mean, Carey Price has wavered more than, uh, my ex-girlfriend's uh, moods. So take a pick. Which one? Anthony? Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Um, I can't wait to see the jersey. I wonder if it's going to be the same exact design. Um, but I I, I, yeah, I like that they're bringing that back as an alternate jersey. Um, and clear, I don't think – I don't because, Mark, every team again this year is getting a reverse retro jersey. I don't think this – is the reverse retro. I think this is just going to be their alternate, which means there's another Jersey coming too, but um, I do love it. I love the goat head. Uh, I do love that. They went back to the original blue and gold as their primary, but I like that they brought that back 
um, as an alternate. I love that they brought it back as an alternate. I love that jersey to begin with. Uh, although, Anthony, I'll tell you this. the the I think it was on Instagram where somebody said, because I'm trying to improve our social media presence, but uh, somebody asked, what's the first player you think of when you see that jersey? And for me, it's not Dominic Hasek. I remember Miros- Dominic Hasek and the other Shatan. one. It's Miroslav Shatan yeah. for me. If it's not, if it's not Miroslav Shatan, it's Stu Barnes. Yeah. God, I love Stu Barnes. Stu Barnes was He's a good player. I him back when he was on the Panthers. Yeah. But you this love those guys. Too. I this the flying skate. I love the flying skate jersey. Um for Vancouver. And they they wore that they wore that last year too as like a throwback uh a throwback night. But I, I would love if they went back to that that jersey style home and away, not just the not just the dark one, the white one too. Um mm-hmm. I love that jersey. I think that jersey is awesome. Uh, just want to go to Cap Friendly to get the numbers on a Stutzler contract so I can answer. I think answer it's 8.3. 8 point, wait, what? I think it's 8.3. Oh. Yeah. Um, I know he had 50. Yeah, there's 8.35. I know he had really good numbers last year, and, if, and he's projecting to – Score 9,000 points today, uh, or this year, I mean. But I I got I, I to gotta go right there to Bailey on this one and highlight him. But, yeah, it's a little bit early. I think it's a little bit early to be doing that. And he, I know he's coming off. I, I understand it might be a little bit of a discount. That's what you're thinking. This team is approved this much. And first off, by the way, on behalf of Chris Drury, you know, thanks a lot, Pierre Dorian. So yeah. it's – because he still has a lot to sell Alexei Lafreniere with a, Hey, why don't we come back? We bridge it two yeah, years well, and then pay you. Lafreniere so. hasn't had, hasn't had the point totals that Stutzel's had though. So I don't, I don't, I think you're, I think you're safe there. Yeah. But the thing is, he's still a number one overall pick. No, he is, questions. he is, but the proof is in the pudding and he hasn't produced like Stutzel yet. So he really can't ask for that type of contract. I mean, if he, if he has a, you know, 55 point year, um, this year, may, maybe, um, but even then, fifty-five. Po- like for instance, eight million dollars for a guy that has fifty points or whatever. That's still entirely too much. Um, mm-hmm. At that point, they'd be betting on him, you know, getting better as he goes on. But yeah, um, I could see why people would think Stutzler got too much uh, a little too early. But again, you know, they're they're paying on potential here. Yeah, and uh, t- Tommy, by the way, how you doing? Uh, is going to create more problems. By the way, there's a comment of yours before I have to go get about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and we we addressed that earlier, but yes, that that is what happened. Yep. And we're not going to say specifically it was Lou. It, was, it could have been anyone else. All, all but... I was told, all I was told from um, uh, the rep I was dealing with, that Dan Milstein, the agent for uh, Romanov, reported to him that it came from someone high up. Um, obviously didn't specify that, but high up to me, someone in, someone in the Islanders PR or, or maybe Lou himself, but needless to say, um, it got squashed because apparently, apparently the big Lou couldn't take being criticized, but you know, it is, it is what it is. Right, Mark? Well, it's either that or somebody high up was just like, well, they're ripping our organization. So why not do that? But again, if we, if we criticize, we're also going to gonna praise too 
is lots of times where we do that as well. We're not going, as I said at the beginning of this broadcast, we're not just going to hold the pom-poms for any team, no matter what it is. If, uh, For instance, never mind the New York area teams. I've been singing the praises for the Vancouver Canucks. If they, if they come out of the gate uh, just absolutely dismal, then I'm going to have to call like it is. Let's say Thatcher Demko is not that good. Bruce Boudreaux looks like he's uh, not doing a great job. That's how you th- – that's – look, or even can't be or, a homer all the time. Or even the New York Rangers. I hope if the New York Rangers come out flat and form that you call it like it is. Oh, God, yeah. Because that's what and, I did. And we, we, we talked about this in the video that I just put up about Edwin Diaz reshaping his image in New York, but that every team's got a whipping boy. Every person – no matter how 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 impartial you're going to be, has got a guy you're going to point to and go, God damn this guy, he's the problem. And it, it's it produced a great laugh because I mentioned Josh Bailey and I complimented him. And then Anthony said, well, mine's Josh Bailey. So it's just, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. It, it's, it, it's... Try not to um anybody as I'm collecting <laughs> this thought. But it's, you know, it's we're going to tell it how it is. And in the end, that's going to help our reputation of being about being who we are. I keep yep. on saying this. Big Apple hockey is not just location. It is an attitude. And we're always going to, we're going to inform you. We're going to entertain you. And sometimes you're going to have to disagree with us. So it's perfectly fine with that. So don't, don't worry. It's, you know, that's that's where we're here. We're here for debate. We're here for conversation. So we, we know we haven't. We haven't talked about since uh, we haven't done a show since it happened. But Phil Kessel signs the Golden Knights. What, what's your uh, what's your take on that? I I I I got to say this: Phil Kessel is one of the most reliable players. You can almost jot him down for uh, like twenty five goals. He's going to show up every single game. Might not be the greatest of defenders, but if if it's a Vegas Golden Knights, it's still something he can at least contribute on that. You put him with Jack Eichel, it's only going to make him better. Yeah, I and, I, I and like the move. <laughs> I like the move for Vegas because they. I think they. I talked about it before. I didn't really like the depth of their forward group. Adding Phil Kessel just bumps another guy down the lineup. Um, and Kessel's still a guy that could score 50 points and, you know, on Vegas, Vegas is a much better team than Arizona. So he could, he could have a really good year. And for 1.5 million, um, I, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a good sign for a good signing for Vegas. Um, you know, I, I, he's got, he's still got that high end release and high end shot. Um, so I think it's a good ad for them. Um, and then also too, Mark, also Vegas made another move. They traded for a goalie. Do you remember? Do you remember who it is? I actually forgot who. Aiden Hill from San Jose. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they got Aiden Hill. Because um, yeah. I think it was uh, see, I was a Cockinen that went there from Minnesota. Cahonan. Yeah. That yeah. He, he they, went to San Jose. Yeah, they yeah. had Cahonan, Reimer, and Hill. They had three goalies. So, um. I think Lauren Persuas is still is still a little banged up, so they think they added Hill for insurance. So now they got Hill, um, Thompson, and I know Persuas if he comes back from injury. So um, still not the best goaltending situation. I'll tell tell you that. 
Hill is Hill is a decent goaltender, though. I just don't know if he can take a full season workload. Yeah. But, uh, he's decent, not great. His numbers with Arizona were okay. Uh, I got to double check his numbers with San Jose. I did not look at that. But uh, uh, San Jose, they, they have a whole lot of issues. I do not envy the job Mike Greer has to do over there. No. But, um, yeah, so we'll see about that. Hey, Donnell. Uh, hey, do you guys think hockey is not popular in the tri-state area? The Rangers, Islanders, and Devils hockey only get talked about when either team is in the playoffs. Don't you guys think so? Yeah, well, here's the thing. is Hockey is incredibly popular when it gets to the playoffs. In the regular season, it tends not to make as much noise in the New York area unless there's controversy. Like, well, yeah, it, it also it also depends on what outlet you're talking about being talked about. Yeah, like they're not talked about on WFAN. They'll just talk about the the Yankees and the Knicks and the Jets and the Giants. To, you know, the the only reason why hockey's really talked about at all is because of Boomer Esiason. Because obviously he loves hockey. Huge Ranger fan, man. You know, Matt Martin relation to him, etc. Um, but other than Definitely. that, yeah, in New York. It's not really talked about all that much, except on the hockey outlets, it's like, you know, NHL Network, NHL Radio and all that stuff. But if you look to general sports stations, they put hockey last if they talk about it at all. But, yeah, it does help if the Rangers, Islanders or Devils are top teams. Um, they'll they'll clear, definitely talk about them more than if they were bad teams. That's for sure. You know what I appreciate with all that, Anthony? What? Is with all of them outlets not saying anything about hockey that helps us come to us we're gonna talk hockey don't yeah. worry about that you want to listen to the knicks pursue another superstar and come up empty by all means go right ahead so you can you can hear wfan talk about that and uh and craig carton nobody cares about hockey uh, boomer yeah craig yeah i got a statement i'm gonna just put in my back pocket but yeah. it's and just leave it at that but i mean again that's you know what go right ahead talk about everything i mean it's it's a little bit it's a little bit hard to constantly keep hockey being as even in canada being as a a 365 day a year uh sport but i mean th- in in canada they like to get everybody signed and then go to their cottages for two months or six mm-hmm. weeks and then come on back september 1st and start covering it again so even at that, I mean, it, it, it's uh, hockey sort of like baseball. When it's going on, everybody's going to talk about it. When it's not, it's not there. It's going to be out of mind. And baseball is starting to become closer to hockey where it's, yeah, you're going to talk about baseball if it's not the Yankees. And thank God the Mets are making headlines of all the, all the worst ones right now. Uh, by the way, if anybody's watching the Mets are down four to nothing, uh, sorry, the Mets are up four to nothing right now. Jeff McNeil, I saw I just had a sacrifice fly. So it was... And I just got my Jeff McNeil jersey, too, by the way. So I haven't bought a player jersey for the Mets in a while. The last one I got was Michael Conforto, and it has not gone well. Yankee fans, hold on to your Aaron Judge jerseys because they might be throwbacks soon. I am, And by the way, just to say this, if, if Aaron Judge ends up getting leaving the New York Yankees for more money somewhere else, George Steinbrenner will raise from the dead to <laughs> beat up his kids. Yeah. So uh, that's then that's a truly dark day. But – to hockey is by far and and again tommy you said it best hockey is by far at its best in the playoffs yeah playoff hockey is always going to get because again you're not going to be thinking about a three-on-three overtime goal over 
the Seattle Kraken yeah. for the New, for the New York Rangers or Islanders. There's nothing. There's nothing that compares to playoff hockey. Nothing, nothing. at all. Nothing. It's it's um, the only sudden death left in sports. Yeah. Yeah. Now what are, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on um, Evan Rodriguez and Sonny Milano still being unrestricted free agents? I think whatever team goes after those guys or whatever team ends up with those guys, probably a team out of the playoffs and with some cap space to spare because, well, let me see. Uh, I still got one, two, three. The Montreal Canadiens are $10 million over the cap. How the hell is that possible? Oh, uh, well, they're about to. Yeah. I think they're about to yeah. Uh, so we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. I got 11 teams over the cap right now. And the Pittsburgh Penguins with $73,000 left. So there's going to be teams that have to make roster decisions and move a couple players. Yeah. Which, as a friend of mine keeps telling me, who's going to make a move for somebody that uh, other team's got to cut? Yeah. Okay. We'll Those see about are that. Those are two good players that uh, whoever you know, whoever signs them are gonna are gonna have good gets there. I mean, they can add value to a team, for sure. Like I think honestly, the Islanders would do very well to get to snatch up either one of those guys. I so, I don't I don't see why. Uh, I mean, they haven't added Milano. I mean, he he grew up an Islander fan, which is weird. A lot of those Long Island guys were Ranger fans growing up. He was diehard Islander fan growing up. Um, why not? Why not sign him? Or invite him to camp. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't see it. Uh, Wicked. I guess. I guess you missed this. We we talked about uh, this at the top of the show. He was actually ranked fifth. Um, I said that uh, I think you know him and Shesterkin were basically graded on the fact that they only had one elite year. That's where they were. Otherwise, I don't see any reason why Sorokin wouldn't have been two. Um, hell, I mean, he had he had a better GAA. Uh, higher save percentage and more shutouts than Vasilevsky who was ranked one. He had better numbers than Saros. He had a better save percentage than Markstrom. Um, in my opinion, there there should be one and two. Um, but again, I think it was because they both, um, you know, only really had one elite year and they gave the benefit of the doubt to the guys that had been around a little bit longer. Now, um, I'm going to go to this comment from State of Survival right now, which is I see the Islanders have like $2.5 million left on the cap. And I wonder why we couldn't sign Kadri or anyone for that matter. Also Vegas and the Canadians are over $12 million in the cap. So now of course though, if the Islanders finalized the contract to sign Kadri, the two guys that everybody says would be moved out of town right away yeah. would have been probably Bailey and Beauvillier. Yeah. Because they're the ones that are the most attractive. So, I mean, they would have had that, flexibility first up by the way look i i know i know i made my comments about about lou in the past and some other stuff but the islanders have payroll flexibility when's the last time that you could have said that so yeah. i mean it's that's that's one of those things again we criticized but i said before we praised we give credit where credit's due well it, again it, it came it came down to he didn't he didn't he didn't want to move first to get rid of Bailey and Kadri got tired of waiting and he told them to basically screw off. Um, yeah. when, well, Lou, and- when Lou asked them to w- keep waiting, he said no. Um, and rightfully so. Cause from what I hear, Kadri was, was waiting for Lou for really since the, really the third day of free agency that that's how long that he really 
had this verbal agreement in mind. But again, not everybody wants to, to play lose games, and he he wanted to keep it going. And and now and now you kind of see the negative of the wait wait for it wait for it wait for it, and then suddenly, yeah, that, that then that's it. To answer this question, by the way, Tommy, there's been rumors of Tyler Mott practicing in Rangers gear. So stay tuned on that one. Now, now yeah, just- I, I saw that, but I wouldn't read too too much into that only because I saw a picture a couple of weeks ago of um, uh, Johnny Gaudreau and he still had his flames. He still had his flames trunks on with with uh, flames gloves. So a lot of times these guys don't have their new you know the equipment so they wear what they have so could mean something could be nothing exactly and also there's lots of times where goaltenders are using their old pads because the the new ones aren't broken in yet uh i think there was henrik lundquist using his old ranger pads when he was with the capitals for that brief uh early preseason and uh you know it's it's one of those things sometimes it's just you know the, the other equipment's just there. However, stay tuned in case the Rangers make some moves to open up some salary cap room. But again, I could still see Tyler Mott ending with uh, ending up with a uh, a projected non-playoff team, and then try to come back at the trade deadline and f- and force his way back. Then again, you know what? Why, as you just said it before, why wait for another team? The, the in the case of like Kadri, if you you can go. You can go get your team. Go go pick a team. Who knows? Your new destination might be a better one anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things. That it's when guys tend to just focus on one team. Sometimes it's not the best decision. It's like putting all your eggs in your basket for the right girl, and then she ends up dating somebody else. Yeah. And then worse yet, worse yet, it's actually a good guy, and you're like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, then I approve of this. The, yeah, back to, back to me being alone. So, um, uh, going to admit what Mr. Fantastic said quickly on baseball again. If Judge leaves, I'm done with the Yankees and baseball as a whole. My patience with the Yankees is on thin ice right now. I hate how Cashman still doesn't understand how to build a modern team. You were right, sir. And uh, and it's just it's it's almost. Right now, I would have to say, by the way, I keep joking and saying, Anthony, that if because you're a Yankee fan, right? Yeah, but I'm not I'm not a huge baseball guy. But if I prefer football, football is my second sport. And I'm really I'm really pumped up for the season. Uh, my bills and the Rams kick off the season tomorrow night. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pumped for that. I, I drafted Josh Allen and uh, Stefan Diggs in my in my fantasy team this year. Um, let's go Buffalo, baby. Let's All go right, Buffalo. Cool. Uh, I think uh, I think the New England Patriots are going to have a lot to say about that. I mean, I actually Patriots. have Sundays off, so I might have uh, I might have th- to be able to enjoy no. football. B- Bills again. Bills are running away with the division. Don't get out of here with this talk of the Patriots. There's no. Oh, I'm sorry. They only won about 18 division titles in this. Yeah, but in this the, the, the Bills are the class of the AFC East right now. There's unless something catastrophic happens, which I hope not. The Bills are winning that division, hands hands but, down. By the way, just to say this for the record, this almost feels like the uh, and, and getting back. I'll get I'm gonna relate this back to hockey in a second and Henrik Lundqvist, but it's also like trying to predict when Crosby and Ovechkin aren't gonna make the playoffs and when the Patriots aren't going to win. Because how about this? In the AFC East, three quarterbacks 
have won the division this uh, this millennium so far. And it's Chad Pennington, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen. So how about that? Uh, there's Johnny Red, by the way. Of course, always thinking about you. How's your back doing? Um, the, uh, he says there's 12 teams over the cap. So my mistake, there's 12 teams. And again, you've got the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, that have like $27,000 left and presumably it's all going to go to walkers and wheelchairs. Anthony, uh, I know one of the guys made the joke about it earlier, but I can't be too confident with Pittsburgh that they have, they have an old team. Yeah, they do. It's like eye poppingly old. I, I don't, I don't see them being, I mean, I know we said it for a couple of years now, but I think this could be the year they, they, you know, they kind of fall off. Um, I don't know how, how exactly deep they are. Um, ah, but again, they've proved me wrong now. So who knows? Um, let me get some of these questions. Don't LX. This was, this was something that most just kind of like Ranger fans would chant and jest. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were never in any danger to move them to Kansas city at all. Um, that was just, again, Ranger fans spinning it because Kansas city had a new arena and they wanted a team, but, um, they were never in danger of moving there. And, and plus Gary Bettman actually grew up, um, on, you know, as an Islander fan, um, I don't think he would have ever moved them unless it, it was absolutely necessary. So, um, they were never, they were never in danger of, of, uh, moving to Kansas city. Um, let's see a wicked again. Uh, I, I get that sentiment, but you know, like, who knows who, who really knows? Um, it's it's that's it's why they feasible. play the games. That's yes. what the answer is. It's a feasible thought because they didn't add up front. But at the same time, as much as I criticize Lou, and believe me, that's why our deal got squashed, likely, unless it was Mark's nose picking meme. One of the two, probably. Or we any of the other memes I made about yeah. Lou. <laughs> we Even won't the know. positive ones, like the Kadri one <laughs> of of it's a secret. Yeah. Shut <laughs> up. I mean we, <clears throat> we won't know for sure, but the point is in defense of Lou, I mean, last year was a little bit of an outlier, you know, 13 game road trip. COVID ravaged their team, and for whatever reason, the league had them keep playing, even though other teams would lose one or two guys and they postponed games. Then Pollock got hurt, you know, their second best defenseman, and Nelson got hurt. And it was just a weird, weird year. Um, so there is some, you know, I guess, thought process where you could agree with Lou and say, you know, maybe it is the same team that went to back to back conference final trips and he believes in them. And Romanov is a big upgrade on the defense. And so who knows? Um, so I get it, Wicked, but um, you just have to be positive and and uh, you know go into the season with again with with positive thoughts and and remember that there is a lot of good things about the team. And again, also I'll get to this one in one second. Uh, just also to mention that there was like all those rumors about Kansas City having a new arena, and a lot of the times stories like that get out, so that way there's leverage to renegotiate a new arena. The Islanders now have a brand new arena. They have a brand new owner. There's so many aspects that say the Islanders, the Islander fans, you don't have to worry. Obviously this brand new arena over there. You don't have to worry about them ever moving again, but also Gary Bettman, I think has done a good job since the nineties of making sure franchises don't relocate. I think the only one that really relocated was the Atlanta thrashers. Uh, since then and uh, that that's one that needed to and th- he was against Edmonton having to relocate 
He's going to definitely make sure Calgary doesn't have to relocate. I mean, hell, and, he's fighting tooth and nail to make sure Arizona doesn't relocate. He's yeah, having a plan he, of 5,000 seat arena for the next two years. So, yeah. But, um, Tom, to answer this question, um, Mark, I mean, I guess I'll see what you think. But, yeah, with Truba adding having the C on his jersey, I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. I don't see Kreider waving to leave. Um, honestly, my guess is is if they really get in a pinch after having to sign Laffin Miller, Ryan Lindgren. Um, Lindgren's cap hits only around $4 million. Um, I think he's he's a realistic piece they could move. Um, you know, he's on the left side. I know they have, you know, Zach Jones coming up and some other pieces in the system that they feel could be cheaper and replace him. So if they absolutely need to move salary, um, don't be surprised if it was Ryan Lindgren that was moved to create cap space. Uh, Ryan Lindgren would be Ryan Lindgren would be the primary candidate to to move because he's got less restrictions. There is no no chance Chris Kreider or Jacob Truba waive their no trade clauses until 2024 when their their no trade clauses become modified no trade. Uh, the other thing because it's it's Truba's contract that you look over and go, you got to make that eight million dollars work somehow. And by the way, Ranger fans, they've traded their last two captains. And I wouldn't be surprised if they traded a, their their third yeah. captain in a row. So that's another thing to go with that. There's, you know, I, I got to say this. The odd man out, I think what's going to happen is first, four uh, $3.4 million are coming off the cap next year in penalties. There aren't any players that are due a raise besides Hedo Lafreniere and uh, Miller. I could see, let's see, uh, 2.4 million, uh, 3.5. Uh, so it's just a little under 6 million in free cap space that they're going to have that you could probably bridge them for two years to get them to 2025 and then deal with that situation soon enough. And especially you got Capo Caco, who's he's, he's, he's coming into his own and it's going to be a make or break situation. Donnell again. I don't, do you, I mean, I was only in 95, I was 10 years old. So, I mean, I don't, um, obviously while I wa very vividly watched hockey, as far as like the business side of it, I don't really remember being too in tune with that. So Mark, I don't, I don't remember that at all, if that's accurate or not. But that I, I have to double check on. There was a lot of, first off, by the way, the nineties, there were so many rumors of teams moving in every sport. Literally, like the NFL moves franchises all over the place. Uh, the NBA started up the Toronto Raptors and the Vancouver Grizzlies. And I say the Vancouver Grizzlies to make sure everybody remembers there was a basketball team there that's now in Memphis. Uh, the, the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee. They were the Tennessee Oilers for a season. I think even maybe two seasons. Then there was there, there were so many different things going around. And that's why expansion was also a big thing too. Uh, this is this is one of those times I, I wish I had Philkin here for this. But the Devils were a nomadic franchise to begin with. They started as the Kansas City Scouts, and then I believe it was the Colorado uh, Rockies. Colorado Rockies right after yeah. that, and then they moved to New Jersey and became the New yeah. Jersey Devils. I still think there's one organization there I missed, but it's... no, I, I think you're right. I think it was this. I think it was the Scouts, the Rockies, and then New Jersey. Yeah, I mean it's it, and that's where and that's where a lot of this 
it, it, there were so many different things. And that's why you get a, an expansion team like Nashville. And by the way, the people in Nashville love that team. And that yeah. is a home run. They were the first yeah. professional sports team there. And everybody loves that. And, and a matter of fact, Nashville, the way they're growing, the first, uh, the first mark on the road was for Nashville for two reasons. One, my friend John lives down there. So we went to a game at Franklin. And then we went to Broadway right after that. And I was trashed for what ended up being the intro. But, um, uh, you know, uh, State of Survival is saying, not that I'm a Ranger fan, but I thought Panarin was supposed to be moved. Or was that all smack talk? Uh, it's probably like behind the scenes talk. Uh, yeah, that, like that them being disappointed in his playoff performance. I still think there might have been a minor injury that hampered him a little bit, or that they, or that the matchups against him were really solid, and that's why I talk about this all the time. Don't play Vinny Trocheck with Artemi Panarin. Spread your lineup out. So there you go. Put Philip yeah. Hedl in. Mark, I, I mean, I hate to burst your bubble because I know you want you don't want to think that a player like that could just dog it, but. Panarin wasn't injured. It would have came out. He's just he's just a um, a softer. He's a very elite, but he's a softer type of player. Um, and sometimes when when things get hard on him and he's tightly checked and gone after, um, he can you know he could disappear. And it's I mean it's like that with a lot of it's like that with a lot of elite players. Um, they don't they don't like to be hit and targeted. And and let's face it, they're they're. You know they're soft. I mean, there's no, there's no, else, there's no one else to put it. Um, but he was never in danger of being moved. It was just Drury being critical of of his performance, and that was really about it. There was never any thought process that he was going to be moved. It was probably one of those things that it was said, and it kind of was meant to leak out to get a little bit of a burr up his ass in order to get him to play better in the playoffs. There's lots of guys that, by the way. They, they don't perform in the playoffs, and then suddenly it clicks. Alexander Ovechkin, one of them. Uh, he, in 2018, he certainly deserved the Conn Smythe, and he's been a, a better player before that. Um, he scored goals, but he's also, we can all remember the Derek Stepan goal and the controller disconnect. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just gliding past him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good ones in there. And thanks, Anthony. I was about to start this one. Davey Hamani is saying, um, Mark, which any, which New York Rangers player got you to be a Rangers fan? Anthony, we're going to flip this around for you in a second. Mine was Mike Gartner and Brian Leach. After I watched those two, I was hooked. Mike Gartner is one of them that really hooked me as a Ranger fan. The other one was Darren Turcott. I, I love Darren Turcott. I met him once, and I went total fanboy on him. I, I don't get nervous around many people – because uh, bartending in the city, I got to meet some celebrities. I like I got to I got to meet Brian McCabe at Boss Croker's where I work right now. And uh, but in ESPN Zone, I was always very try to be calm. Everybody's just trying to do this stuff. But I went total fanboy on Darren Turcott. The other guy that made me be a total fanboy was Adam Graves. Adam Graves is just such a great player in person. I just it made me go <laughs> so. Um, but Darren Turcott, I was listing all of his accomplishments. I'm like, you guys don't know who this is. <laughs> but so it was a little bit awkward, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, Darren Turcott. And then, of course, Brian Leach. Brian, Brian Leach made America, to me, one of the top three American players of all time. I turned it over to Anthony, who hooked you on the New York Islanders. Well, 
I mean, technically speaking, not really so much a player. It was more so my dad was a diehard Islander fan, so I remember watching games with him when I was young. So I think it was, I was always destined to be an Islander fan because of him. Um, but the first player, like, I actually can remember, like, watching play is was Pierre Turgeon. Um, you know, I, I he was, you know, he was my favorite player. Um, and then, you know, from there, Ziggy Palfi. But um, Terjan was the first one like I had an Islander jersey of and uh, the first you know, player I can I can actually remember um, watching play. By the way, uh, and that that goes with almost any sport, whenever you have a player that really kind of hooks you into a team, that's that's where the great thing is. Uh, my brothers were all giant fans. I wasn't so I wasn't as much of a giant fan. I still like the Giants, but mine was Dan Marino. I always loved Dan Marino. And then I eventually said, I'm a Dolphins fan. I bought a Dan Marino jersey. The next day, he ends up rupturing his ACL. Yeah. <laughs> or, sorry, his Achilles tendon. What a great timing. Anyway, let's go to Iceman. I wish they would trade Heedle while he still has some value. Well, here's the thing. And first off, by the way, I can't believe your your name is Iceman and your avatar is Scarface. I mean, how how is it not Val Kilmer from from Top Gun? That's Iceman right there. It's still a good avatar. That's still a great one, though. Don't worry about that. Um, but to add to add your questions, there were a lot of people, and myself was included. If you go back and look at our trade deadline coverage, when they announced the Rangers traded for Andrew Kopp, I thought Filipino was in that deal, one hundred percent. And then Filipino had, it's either his coming out party, which was in the playoffs, seven goals to assist, or eh, it could be his, uh, Anthony, here's two names for you. His RJ Umberger or Sean Bergenheim coming out party. Oh, where it's like, it's, it's, I mean, that's the, that's the thing about Filipino. If he was a free agent this offseason, an unrestricted free agent, somebody would have thrown money at him. And then he would, we'd be like, oh, I can't believe they spent all that money on Filipino. But you know what? I watched him in the playoffs. I think the eye test to me, Anthony, is I think that kid is getting a lot stronger. And if he's, he started throwing guys off of him. And I mean, he, he was, he was good in the playoffs, but um, he hasn't really performed well in the regular season yet. So, mm. Um, we, we have to see him do it over a large, you know, a large course of the whole season, but we'll see. Um, but when, by the way, when you mentioned, uh, when you mentioned RJ Umberger, my first thought of RJ Umberger was when he got absolutely destroyed by Brian Campbell. Um, and then he looked like he was just in outer space and, and Rick Jenneret's call of it, um, was one of the, my favorite calls. Like I, when I see that hit, I literally laugh my ass off when it's combined with Jen- when it's combined with Rick Jenneret's call of it. Um, I mean, he got, he got absolutely just creamed. You, do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm talking about, Mark? I, I got, I got to look that one up now. I got to, I got to see that. And I got to hear that call. Cause that's, <clears throat> that's, and Brian Campbell doesn't throw that many hits to be considered like destroying anybody. No, so he, that's why I really got to look at that. Anthony, he, by the way, I got to point this one out and wicked got on this one. By the way, Iceman, God bless you for being a referee because not a lot of people want to ever deal with that scrutiny. And a matter of fact, if I yelled at you in the past, then I apologize. So, um, uh, but Wicked got this one. We never mentioned this. This is, Anthony mentioned this Friday night or it might've been Saturday in our group chat. And it was just as I'm texting it, texting it out. I can't think of a better extension right now, Anthony, that made me more happy because I 
don't have to deal with JT Miller rumors all season. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm. I think I think it was a little a little much, but uh, you know the guy did have 99 points, so uh, <laughs> it's you know it's kind of it's kind of expected, right? That that was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and again, I think you were saying this to me the other day. What do you think about the contract? That seems a little bit much, but if he's, a, if he's producing as a Canuck, that's then his value is to the Canucks. Yeah. I don't worry about what he did in the past. He's going to, he's going to keep producing at this. And with Bruce Boudreaux on there, he might produce at that. If he went to he the might. New York Rangers, he'd be Alexei Kovalev 2.0 where Kovalev was. <laughs> okay. So that's just where that was. Um, by the way, uh, D. Ely, always great seeing you. Where's Freddie on your poll? The Canes won the Jennings Trophy. But with all the polls coming out, the Canes goalies and their defense isn't getting much love of these polls. I'll tell you why. Because Freddie was number eight on the NHL top goalies right now. But it's also uh, they're, they're very much a well-coached team. You always have the whole so, to yourself. Yeah. Anthony's getting up that hit for us right now. Here we go. Awkward. Or in another room taking up space. You gotta skip the ad, Anthony. <laughs> it's just you and your people. I don't wanna skip the ad. Because All right, but we might, we might get, actually. I was gonna say, we might get flagged. Well, now the Flyers will pick it up and bring it back. Oh, 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 on their run to uh to go to the conference finals that year game seven losing that's a that is a hit and that's what see again that's something hockey i hope he never loses and that you're you're absolutely going to be watching this uh all these teams and stuff and uh and and when a big hit comes just hearing the announcer and their excitement on that answering the question though by the way uh d it's that I, I think they're so well coached defensively that their goalies don't get the respect they deserve. And um, don't be surprised about that. So that's just one thing about them. Hey, Mark, that, that look on Umberger had on his face, was that the same look you had on your face when the Mets collapsed uh, all those years ago? Um, let me see. <laughs> that's the same look I had on my face when the Mets collapsed, <clears throat> when Daniel Murphy made that error in game four of the World Series. Uh, that would be Pete Stoyanovich missing wide right in the uh, 95 playoffs for the Miami Dolphins after Dan Marino got him down the field. Uh, and th that was his last real chance of winning a Super Bowl. Uh, let me see. It would be my the OT goal against the Henry Lundquist to seal the Stanley Cup for the LA Kings, <laughs> which, by the way, once again, it wasn't tripping on Matt Zuccarello that led to the tying goal. So... I mean, it should have been tripping on uh, what's uh, damn it, 
Jake Muzzin. Should have been tripping on Jake Muzzin, but whatever. All right. His, he was on Dream Street, though. Did you see his face? He he had uh, he oh, yeah. had, he he was he was hurting. And David's right on that point. I mean, that I mean, no, there's no doubt he had concussion problems. I mean, that guy he absolutely got destroyed. So, but yeah, that that hit was was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and we we've talked about it. We've to, we we actually did it. I think it was um, Chris G that that got us to talk about this last year or when we were still all things Rangers, what's your Arkham moment? The one that sends you to the asylum. One of mine is Carlos Beltran getting frozen by the curveball from uh, uh, Adam Wainwright. And trust me, even if you told him that curveball is coming again, he still ain't hitting it. That, that curveball was, was sick. And, every, and, and the Mandela effect of every Met fan thinking it was on three, two, it wasn't, it was on O2. And it's just, I could walk you through that at bat again. Uh, Scott Norwood, if Anth- if Anthony was old enough to remember that one, but he's so not. So I was, I was uh, that was 1990, right? So yep. I was only five years old. So luckily enough, I wasn't nearly old enough to for that to affect me. I mean, if that happened now, oh my god, I would I would be in a depression. But um, uh, yeah, that 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 was the Bills' really chance at winning a Super Bowl because the rest of those Super Bowls against the Redskins and the two against the Cowboys, they weren't really games. Um, well, that's actually a lie. The, the first Super Bowl against Dallas, I believe they were up at halftime. Um, but after that, they got the doors blown off. And then the second one against Dallas wasn't close. And I think the game against Washington wasn't all that close either. So that was really their chance to win a Super Bowl, and they botched it. Um, but I wanted to answer that question of uh, about, I think he gave you actually about Tavares. Um you know, honestly, if he if good for him. I mean, I don't I don't honest I don't hate the guy anymore. So many years have passed now. It is what it is. Uh so if he gets in the Hall of Fame as a Maple Leaf, so be it. Um I mean if he wins a Stanley Cup, I won't be happy. But um if he gets in the Hall of Fame as Maple Leaf, it is what it is. I, I like I said, I really don't particularly care about the guy anymore. Um I don't wish him any, you know, ill will. Yes, I don't want to see him win a cup, but um I don't go out of my way to you know, well, unless he comes back to the Islanders, then and he wins a cup for you. I mean, honestly, if if after his contract expires with Toronto and he still wants to play, I could see that. I could see that happening. Oddly enough, as weird as it would be, um, especially if he loved the if he loved the island as much as he said he did, I could see it happening. But I, I don't know how Islander fans would would perceive that. So. I'll tell you what, he would be able to go to a concert without hearing JT sucks. Uh, yeah. that's, that's definitely one thing John Tavares could do. Uh, also, Davey, let me say this in hockey. They go, the player goes into mm. the hall of fame. And the reason why we, we get into the conversations about this is because in football, there's usually a picture behind them on the bus. But for the most part, if they're famous with two teams, they'll have both. Uh, Brett Favre is still going in as a Packer, by the way, not as a jet. Sorry to, Break that news to like a lot of people. Thanks, thanks, but, David. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. So for that one, I was only six years old, so I was trying to remember. Um, but I do remember the Redskins quarterback that year was was Doug. Uh, nope. Doug. That year against the Bills, Mark Rippon. It was Mark Rippon. I thought it was uh, Doug Williams was Doug 80, Williams. 87 against the Broncos. It was. Yeah. Ah, all right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. realize it was ripping. I thought Doug Williams was the quarterback that year. Yeah, against first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl, and then he became the coach of Grambling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and again, Doug Williams, great. Timmy Smith ran for 200 yards in that game. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was amazing. But uh, back to this one though, this was, uh, that was, that was Mark Rippon. I believe he won the NFL MVP that year and then was gone within two years. So, you know, that's why when, I, I have to say that one, Anthony, because when people go, Oh, Dan Marino didn't win a championship. He wasn't that great. Yeah. yeah. Mark Rippon won one. So did uh, Trent Dilfer. So that you, know means who's gonna win, you know, who's going to win the MVP this year? Josh Allen, I'm Josh assuming. Allen. <laughs> you know what? I would I wouldn't doubt it, but you know what? Guys, guys that run that much, you, you worry you, about their health. Well, yeah, but he's big though. He's not, he's not um it's not like he's small and he runs. So he's more, you know, he's he's like he'll, he could run you over. He would run you over, Mark. He would absolutely steamroll you if Josh and he could also him. jump over me. You remember yeah. that too. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's a big he's a big boy, so he's not as fragile. So, by the way, the reason why it's such a big thing when you're talking about the Hall of Fame, people going in as a player, is because of what's on this in baseball. I, and, I by the way, that's also that for comment. me to plug. Once again, if you're like the hat, click the link below. But uh, the – because uh, Wade Boggs went in as a Tampa Bay Devil Ray because he didn't want to upset either Yankees or, or, uh, or, or Red Sox fans. And, by the way, it was in his contract to do that because he would get a million dollars if that happened. But now it's with, with hockey, it's just the player goes in. You don't have to worry about, they'll talk about him on both teams on the plaque. So that's a good point by David. I mean, big, big guys can break down too. That, that is true, but big uh, guys last. And then they just suddenly <clears throat> fall off a cliff because they're so big and they, they never rein themselves in. I keep saying this, we're going to get back to more hockey in one second, everybody. But I keep saying this about uh, Lamar Jackson. He is going to have the greatest, shortest career of a quarterback in this in recent <clears throat> memory because he does not slide or go out of bounds or like like Russell Wilson, for instance. I he he throws the ball away, slides, gets out of bounds. I feel like I feel like Lamar Jackson has reined it in a little bit, though. I I don't, I don't think he's he's. Um... I think he's been a little better as his career progressed with picking and choosing when he runs and when he stays in the pocket and throws. Well, when I look at guys like Kyler Murray, um, Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes, and I bring up one thing about them sliding and also their deliveries, it's because they're all baseball guys. So that's what they all have a huge baseball background. And Pat Mahomes' dad used to be a pitcher on the New York Mets. So Anthony's going to be right back in a second, I hope. <laughs> but the um, that's why I think those guys are as 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 good as what they were. And they're adept to sliding. I can't believe when they have to bring in baseball players to teach guys how to slide. How have you never slid before in your life? But then again, Eli Manning was never good at sliding. All right. Uh, let's get some more of these questions. Bills won't win. The curse of Jim Kelly lives. <laughs> Um, yeah, the Mets has, oh, geez. There he is. Mark Rippon. Yeah. I used to have a coworker who tried to compare, uh, Don Manningly to David Wright's career. Um, actually that's not as bad of a comparison, by the way, Don Manningly two, I think he won two MVPs. David Wright probably should have won the MVP in 2007 or in 2008, and Jimmy Rollins took it away from him in 2007, pulling the chipper Jones. But that's a different story. Uh, 
And by the way, everybody, uh, well, Davey, unfortunately, by the way, uh, Gary Carter going in as an expo really pissed me off. Well, it's because he played more games with the expos. That's what that's what the hall is concerned about. And that's where they'll they'll constantly do. Now, by the way, there was an article this week that I saw about Neil Smith breaking down the Sergey Zubov trade. Davey's talking about that one right now. And uh, Don Elliott, I know you were saying before you could watch any one of the nine teams. That's a great thing. I do have those sports that I, I have trouble watching. I, I, I tend, I basketball, I have a little bit more of a hard time, but less when it's college only because colleges, I, they have more defense in college. So that's where one thing is. Uh, Davey Hamani is saying, I'm wondering if Zubov was not traded and stayed with the Rangers where the Rangers have retired number 21 in his honor. Probably. Probably on that one. Because I'll tell you this. Uh, Sergey Zubov, everybody forgets, was the leading scorer of the 94 Rangers. 89 points. One more than Mark Messier. And Zubov and Leach, they used to move around the puck like uh, you could hear Sweet Georgia Brown playing. So... It's just that easy as far as that goes. And Zubov with that cannon look. If the Rangers didn't have a guy like Alexander Karpatsev waiting in the wings, and people forget how good of a defenseman Alexander Karpatsev was for the New York Rangers. And uh, part of that, but a lot of that had to do with Brian Leach. Brian Leach used to set him up for one-timers, and he had a hard, hard shot. But Sergei Zubov was Hall of Fame talent. Um. Guys like Jackson try to be Michael Vick, actually, but that was also part of the problem. Michael Vick wasn't really Michael Vick. Got to slide. You got to take advantage of the slide. Um, I think it was uh, Robert Griffin III that said the, the the sideline is your friend. Use the sideline, step out of bounds. You could possibly get a late hit and, and move it ahead. But no, you got to avoid contact. And David is also saying... Speaking of Mahomes, his father was at Old Timers Day for the New York Mets. That is correct. Pat Mahomes, long reliever for the 2099 New York Mets. And uh, there's always the picture of Pat Mahomes uh, as a kid uh, shagging fly balls in the outfield with Mike Hampton, who loved the shag flies as a New York Mets. Uh, yeah, I think having Ken Dorsey as OC will help him move the ball around. Uh, Dave... <laughs> more than Dable, uh, Brian Dable would always call quarterback runs. Yep. Well, you know, when he didn't, that Super Bowl, <laughs> Dable could have done it. Uh, WFAN talks more about the Mets and the Nets that I had enough of them. Well, again, it's, you know what? It, it's just when they're always going to talk about things to try to get ge generate everybody's opinions out there. And, uh, I, I do want to do a channel where we're doing other stuff just besides hockey, but my, my focus is just hockey right now and trying to promote this channel. Cause uh, this is, this has been great doing this with you guys always coming in every single week. Uh, it's, it's always a highlight whenever I get to do a show. And even when I'm dead tired, uh, we just need to get more of our uh, beloved John Falkowski on with us. So um I guess Anthony's not coming back. So I'm going to say we're going to do 10 more minutes. So it's another half hour now, guys. If you haven't hit the like, make sure you hit the like right now. I have not even closed out who's the best goalie in the NHL. Um, 
somehow I am like 45 minutes behind on on my uh on my YouTube thing right here. By the way, the and we're gonna close out the end of the poll. Igor Sisterkin, best goalie in the NHL, 60% of the votes. Andre Vasilevsky, 26%, and Ilya Sorokin at 14. No love for UC Soros, but uh, I got to say this, guys. I think UC Soros deserves a little bit more mention. UC Soros has been just great for the uh, National Predators for a while now, and it it kind of seemed like he might have been undersized, but he's used that, that area so much more. And, you know... You, you look at the state of New York goaltenders, Ilya Sorokin and um, Igor Sisterkin. You might see another golden age of goaltenders in this area. If you remember the uh, the article from Sports Illustrated that compared Henrik Lundqvist, Rick DiPietro, and Martin Brodeur to Mays, Duke Steiner, and Joe DiMaggio, or Mickey Mantle, I'm sorry. And uh, instead, uh, <laughs> you know... Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood's going to have to pull his weight pretty well in order to get on there. So we'll see about that one. Okay. I love watching Vic play. I, I had, I have trouble with the running quarterback because at the end of the day, you need to be a passing quarterback. And Steve Young was one of those guys that needed to understand that. I'm, and I'm going to go to the hall of famer, Steve Young. He's, he had a great career, but it was also kind of slow getting started. And he was a run-first type of quarterback. I think he was with Tampa Bay first before landing with the 49ers and the West Coast offense. And uh, Bill Walsh really kind of changed things. But uh, Steve Young would would kind of take off. And a lot of guys, if they take off a little bit too fast, that you're not going through your progressions, you're not making your reads, and then, you know, you're, you're just like uh, trying to think of other guys that always ran first. Like Johnny Manziel used to always run around forever you can't run around forever make your reads that's the way you, you do it i'll take the pocket passer that's not exactly a statue but at least knows how to move the pocket it's very easy to slide it in and out of the pocket go up and just up and back like the greats know how to do that peyton manning knew how to do that dan marino knew how to do that tom brady knows how to do that so knows how to do that great english all right awesome all right so all right let's uh let's keep this going and yes Smash that like button. And David's right about this one. Uh, RIP, Alexander Karpatsev. Uh, David's saying, the only thing I remember about Karpatsev was getting kicked out of the first year of the uh, the jersey rule because the strap broke. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Uh, oh, Davey's saying, well, the Knicks didn't want to uh, pay the Jazz for uh, Donovan Mitchell and... As like the Rangers didn't want to pay for Jack Eichel, yeah. Well, especially when it comes to basketball, basketball they'll they'll trade like first round draft picks forever. Like think about that Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade to um, to the Nets that really crippled that franchise for a while. And then add insult to injury, the Nets watched the Celtics have the first overall pick in their own building, so. That's why you just got you got to manage your your teams better. You can't just give everything away. And by the way, uh, I I do have to say, and again, I don't pay much attention to basketball. My roommates do, but at least I I I try to be informed about it. RJ Barrett's starting to come into his own, and 
And and again, the thing is, the Knicks always are trying to go after the next shiny object. And possibly the best thing for the Knicks is that there are superstars that are avoiding them. And whether or, whether or not they like it or not, like remember, it, it was always, oh, we're going after, we're going after LeBron next year. Oh, we're going after Durant after that. Or we're going after player X and then player Y. You know what? I'm sorry. Uh, the Nets made a terrible move by getting Kyrie Irving. And super teams don't work. They don't work. They worked for the Heat for two years, but the Heat weren't that great. They, they lost two years in the finals. So they were two and two in the finals. And one of them, Dirk Nowitzki beat them. And one of the best performances and uh, of, of any NBA team. So, I mean, that's, that's just it on that. <laughs> when eventually I can get more time for Filk, I'd love to get a channel going. My friend Anthony would be perfect for him to, to do this channel with. But uh, wrestling is getting hot again, and uh, it's, well, we we got a million different things, but we also got to make money first. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunately we're all at our jobs. Poor Phil right now working. But um, Davey's saying Mark Aaron Judge is going to be signed by the Mets. Uh, sorry, by the Yankees. Ooh, sorry about anybody listening on audio. Is is going to be signed by the Yankees and only the Yankees. He is the reason. Uh, he is the and the reason. He is too much of an injury problem is that he's an older player and the risk of paying him for the term the long term is too much. Yeah. But then again, I mean, the, the, the value of contracts are going insane. I mean, the fact that Max Scherzer, Jesus, what what's he making 45 million this year? Like, I mean, they're getting the basketball money. That's insane. You got to pay some other people on the teams, but I mean, you get in the baseball of the haves and the have-nots, and like the Pittsburgh Pirates aren't going to be catching up to anybody anytime soon. Although that shortstop they got, that, that kid hit a bomb last night, and he like went down and got it. But it was like a one-handed poke out of the stadium. So, by the way, I'm also going to be doing um, uh, team previews on the on the pod, on the the blog. So, guys, feel free to recommend any teams that you want to hear from besides just our local teams. And also don't forget to like subscribe and hit the bell for more content. So that way, you know, when it's all coming up, if you guys haven't, I should have been doing that for a while, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, by the way, Iceman, I, I understand what you mean. I hate the voice text too, because Siri doesn't understand me. And I, I'm, I'm a pretty articulate guy. And Siri is just like, like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Um, uh, I'm worried about the Rangers picking a little too soon. Oh, oh, peak it, maybe peaking a little bit too soon. You know, yeah, I, I worry about that as well. I actually think because again, like, where do you gauge the Rangers? Are they a team that's going to take the jump to uh, the Stanley Cup Finals this year? Or are they going to be like the Carolina Hurricanes, who back in, uh, I think it was 2019, they made it to the Conference Finals, and the, and the Canes haven't gotten further. Sorry, sorry, D. Uh, and, and sorry to Pete Mackin for reminding you guys about that. But, I mean, I had the Carolina Hurricanes win the Stanley Cup the previous season, because now I can use the word last season. And, a matter of fact, on our 
audio podcast, I have to put this as season three for Big Apple Hockey slash All Things Rangers. But uh, there's there's a lot that goes in there, and um, that that's the thing. What's the next step for the Rangers? They got elite players. Can they get their supporting players to, to catch on? I still think the biggest adjustment, and we're going to be talking about this next week, so uh, that the Rangers need to make is Alexei Lafreniere has got to take Brian Strong's spot. And if that's the case, either him or um, or Kako. But I think Lafreniere is a better move because I think he's a better passer than Kako is. And also, uh, with that, with putting Lafreniere over there where Strom was, Lafreniere is now one-time option. The Rangers didn't have a one-time option from the right circles or anything else. There, it was all because you had four right-handed shots and Chris Kreider on the power play, and he's in front of the net. The only lefty was right in front of the net, so uh, it, it just gives you more options to have another le- to get a lefty on there. So that's why either Kako or Lafreniere, and I don't want to hear about Vinny Trocek going on a power play one. So, because that's how, that's how you end up screwing that up. I go back to D's comment right here, here in New York, here in North Carolina, we have a deal with ESPN radio until the local guys come on at noon. All they talk about is football and basketball year round. Well, it's North Carolina. Of course you're in football country and tobacco road. I mean, that's, that's like, that's like heaven for football. But I mean, look, if the Canes, are, if the Canes are good, they're going to start turning heads. And and I, I love it the way the fans have come out and supported everybody in North Carolina. So it's, 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 it's been a great hockey market. I can't wait to see. I'm hoping to try to see if I could see the outdoor game later on this year. And it was also great having Jacob Slavin on who really loves it down there. Hell of a defenseman. Already the all-time leader in in plus minus for that franchise. And they got some pretty good players. Um, I do think the Canes have the toughness. I just I now it's a matter of they lost two key key players. And again, an Achilles injury to uh Pacioretty. I hope he's ready by the time the playoffs are on. So all right. Tampa Bay was in a zero and a forever team. And of course, Young didn't do well in Tampa. No one did until Dungy got there. Well, yeah, well, nobody, you're right about that. Vinny Testaverde didn't do well. Trent Dilford didn't do well. Uh, and then Dungy got there and really changed everything. And David is also saying this. No one wants to play for Dolan. And uh, if you are constantly terrible, how do you expect to ever convince a good player to come? And by the way, I made the joke about the Arizona Coyotes before not winning a lottery. The Knicks haven't won a lottery since Ewing. So it's as far as professional sports goes, like the NBA, the fact that the NBA is still as popular as they are and the Knicks have not been good for a long time. I mean, yes, there's a little bit of, We'll, we'll say sibling rivalry between the Rangers and the Knicks, and especially from my point of view, because it's sort of like I kind of feel like that Bible story about the uh, prodigal son coming home and uh, the other son going, yeah, dude, what about me? I did everything you wanted me to. And the Knicks are sort of that one that the, 
the the prodigal son goes off and spends all the money that he inherited and did everything. And, you know, it's, I, I still remember 1994 watching the Knicks and the, and the Mets and the, the Knicks and the Rangers in the playoffs. And it was a hell of a time for the city. And it was great. I would love to do that again. And, you know, RJ Barrett, the first thing he did when he was uh, drafted by the Knicks, one of his first tweets was welcoming Capo Caco to the New York Rangers. That's a guy that gets it. I like that guy right away. So I root for RJ Barrett. So uh, there's a couple more. Uh, Okay. Actually, the Canes, uh, hockey and the Canes sold more tickets last season uh, than college basketball. Uh, That was a shock to hear. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen with college basketball in that region. I mean, NC State's kind of dropped off a little bit. Uh, Duke, what's it going to be like post Shasevsky? Uh, I mean, talk about one of the greatest coaches ever. And uh, and just uh, Wake Forest has kind of dropped off a little bit too. Well, not a little bit. I mean, when's the last time you talked about Wake Forest since Chris Paul was there? Uh, huh. Well, you know what? I think there might be a little bit something to this. Iceman is saying not true. I don't think Drew likes foreign players. Canadian and American, my opinions are tough. Yeah, well, that's usually the consensus opinion. And it's, uh, I mean, a lot of guys will have that opinion. And that's sort of the, uh, that's sort of the stereotype that's placed upon a lot of guys like that Russian players are soft or European players are soft. Uh, whichever one you want to say it is. Uh, but you know what? You can't just win with just Americans and Canadians. You're going to have to figure out a different way to get through with everybody. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things go for Capo Ka- uh, Caco. I mean, soon enough. But we'll see about that one. All right. And right now we have 234. I did say we were going for another 21 minutes. So everybody strap on in. Is Tyler Myers' brother still on the Knicks? I have no idea. I will find that one out for you. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, as but as far as but getting back getting back to the Rangers, that's what I think they have to do. They have to make that adjustment with the Islanders. Uh, I think it, I think they're rinsing and repeating, and that's just about it on that. It's just I don't I don't think it's a good it's a good option for them. I, I thought they needed some major changes. They needed to figure out what else to do. <laughs> uh, Davia, uh, I hope you're joking with this one. The Knicks made a mistake not signing Lynn Saturday for a long-term deal. I think he could have been unreal. I actually think he was a two-week flash in the pan. And Lynn Sanity, by the way, I just want to say this. One of the things that irritates me to all holy heaven is when there was an ad for Henrik Lundqvist, and I think Lynn Sanity was 2011, but Henrik Lundqvist, a full-page ad in the newspaper, and they called him Lindquist to ca- capitalize on Lynn Sanity. I, I can't even roll my eyes enough to think about that one. Henrik Lundqvist isn't comparable to he's comparable to Patrick Ewing more than he's comparable to freaking Anthony Lynn. I will say this about Anthony Lynn though. His, the, the best moment of Lynn's sanity was when he actually waved off Carmelo Anthony on Valentine's day and hit the game winning three or in Toronto. 
that was great. But as far as and I watched that game and I knew he was going to do it and I knew he was going to sink that bu- that bucket. Uh, at the at the time, I was at Niles in Fifty Second Street in the city, and uh, seeing my brother when he was living out there. But uh, I would I would still I, I I would. It's a good thing I could collect my thoughts and stop myself sometimes before I say something stupid. Oh, Jay, I called him Anthony Lynn. I think Anthony Lynn is a director. Uh, Jeremy Lynn. I think we got a new Justin, guys. Actually, there is a Justin Lynn. He's the director. Who the fuck is Anthony Lynn? <laughs> uh, but anyway, who cares? Jeremy Lynn, Jeremy Lynn doesn't even register on top 10 athletes or top 100 athletes of the last decade in New York. He had a two-week span. He's a footnote. Benny Bayani looks at Anthony Lynn and goes, well, he had a short career. I mean, oh, there's so many flashes in the pans. And he is definitely a flash in the pan. The Wildcat offense looks at Anthony Lynn and says, hey, you know, uh, you got you really didn't last all that long. <laughs> Freaking. I, I just called him Anthony Lynn again. That's how mad. That's how much he doesn't matter. Jeremy Lynn, whatever. He's. I mean, Jeremy. Thank you, by the way. And I remember when Jeremy Lynn made that shot. That was a great moment. I even nodded over my friend. But. Oh, first off, by the way, speak, Dave. I'm talking. You mentioned this. Bernard Gilkey had a better career in New York than Jeremy Lynn. Jeremy Anthony Lynn. That'll be his middle name now. But uh, Bernard Gilkey in Men in Black. I love that. I love that joke. I love to always say that joke. Oh, you know what? That might that might have been it. He might have been the former head coach of the. See, there's there's too many things up here. Uh, <laughs> just say Mr. Lynn. See, that's an easy way around it. But again, come on. There's it's there's no reason to even mention. I mean, again, Jeremy Lynn comparing him by the yes, Dave. Yes. Oh. Um, by the way, Iceman, you bring this one up, and I've been bringing this one up to a friend of mine who runs all things Islanders, and also uh to Anthony on this podcast plenty of times. The Islanders have nine players over the age of 30. And there's a difference between the, over the age of 30 when you're running, let's say, a skill game where it's uh, like Brock Nelson being over the age of 30. I'm not too worried about it. Or maybe if it was Matt Barzell, maybe he slows down a little bit. I worry about it with, with guys like J.G. Pajot, who, by the way, turns 30 in November. So there's actually going to be a 10th on there. And we've discussed this at length. The Islanders need to get younger, which they have with Romanoff. That's good. Uh, Maybe Robin Salo gets his way in the lineup. That's good. Keeper Bellows, that would be good. Um, But there's a lot of guys that are there. There's a lot of tread on those tires. Uh, Josh Bailey is about to play his 1,000 career game. I think he's 31. So 
it's that that's a hundred percent right on that one. Yeah, thank you. The the DC the defensive coordinator under Rex Ryan was Anthony Wynn. And that, now I'm trying to think about uh who was his defensive coordinator on the Jets that ended up becoming the head coach in Cleveland. But here's <laughs> David, that's hundred percent right. I'll say that one. Uh, music is saying the Islanders should blow it up. No shot of them winning anything with their current core. The thing is, now they got Ilya Sorokin, and he's going to keep that 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 window open. If it was Simeon Verlamov, that window's closed. That that window's closed. So when you have an elite goaltender, you can jump ahead. This is the reason why the you know what? Let's be honest about it, guys. This is the reason why the Rangers jumped ahead uh, at 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 warp speed. There's two reasons why the Rangers made the conference finals. If they're not making the playoffs for years, and that's because. And hold on, Pittsburgh fans, in case if you're watching any of this, it's not because of the hit on Sidney Crosby. It's because they were coached better by uh, Gerard Gallant. And Igor Sesterkin just went into superhuman mode. Uh, Igor Sesterkin might be the Connor McDavid of the net soon enough. Don't, yeah. But... No, 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 no. Um, by the way, Dave is right. I always say this whenever it comes to JG Pajot. Uh, because there's two things I remember about that game four of him scoring that four goal game against Henrik Lundqvist. First off, uh, Elaine Vigneault playing Ryan McDonough the last two minutes and 30 seconds, him and Girardi of the game, and also, um, uh, and, oh, yeah, that was. That was the day of my first date with my ex-fiance, uh, which, you know, the date went well. So, I mean, that's where the good thing was. That's where I always talked about it. Of, But you know what? She used, she used to like it when I'd scream at the TV with the, ah. She's like, you sound like an old man every time you do that. I'm like, kind of getting up there. Music's, um, out of the two of them, I'm a Giants guy. Uh, I'm actually a Dolphins fan. My family were all Giant fans. I've actually got friends that are Jet fans, and because I softened on a lot of my rivalries in football, that now if the Jets win a Super Bowl, good for you guys. So, uh, but by the way, if D is right about this one, if the Islanders, uh, if the Islanders uh, are going to rebuild, they probably shouldn't do it with Lou. They need somebody that's going to have a different vision, but. Uh, oh yeah. Nick Holden was in that series too. But again, you know, that, that series, the Rangers coughed up two leads in the final 90 seconds. Derek Broussard scoring, scoring the game time goal in game five. And they shouldn't have like Brady Shea had a two goal game in, in game two and then was stapled to the bench. And it was him and Brendan Smith and they were playing well. Like it's it's one of those things. I wish I could go back in a time machine and slap uh, Elaine Vigneault upside the head. Like, yeah. And by the way, yeah, Louis Domingue started hot, but eventually, what happens is when you play Louis Domingue six games in a row, it's it ends up catching up with you. And again, it, Penguins fans, you could talk all about the controversy with the uh, the the Crosby hit, but the 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 controversy in game one where the Rangers sh- should have won that game. So uh 
<laughs> well, yeah. Well, because there aren't as many of them. <laughs> uh, Davia saying, Mark, I agree. Lynn was lightning for three weeks, but uh, he, but he should have stayed. But you know what? I don't think so. I, I think the Knicks, oh, I think Melo didn't like him anyway, so it didn't really matter. And that's what you have to do in the NBA. You always got to appease your star player. Or you could build a team through the draft and actually have them starting to get better at finding guys like, say, for instance, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and um, uh, I forgot D'Angelo's other name. Uh, uh, those guys were starting to really do great for the Nets and they were buying into their coach. So then they had to bring in superstars. Makes total sense. I, I I think if you're doing the same thing as every other team in the league, they zig, you zag. And that's another reason why with baseball teams, it never really gets into me because they if every team is just doing money ball, everybody's hauling back and cranking. And guess what? Do pitching and defense. Money ball doesn't stress defense. That's the thing about it. Saber matricians, it doesn't stress the defense. Yes, the Penguins were forced to play. Yes, all that was true. But the again, this is one of those things of uh, I I they were exposed. And trust me, if Tristan Jari was in that series, the the, the Rangers still win that series. As a matter of fact, the Rangers might might win in less than seven. So, insanity wasn't even good for uh, for Jeremy Lin. He called it the hardest part of his life. Yeah, well. I still don't understand. Uh, I, I'm just not going to touch Jeremy Lin. He, he was he was everywhere. But, I mean, I've never heard of a more hyped player with less of a resume than him. Uh, well, the Philly trust the process and is still no close to winning a championship. Yeah, that's, that's right, too. There's a lot of guys that Philly drafted. I mean, they came up with one franchise player. Trust the process? Pfft. And Iceman, you're right about this. In that series, especially the first four, and you guys could go back to the tape, that uh, at first I thought the Rangers are still going to win the series. I had the Rangers in five over Pittsburgh because I did not think the Rangers dominated them in the regular season, but I forgot Sidney Crosby was on the ice. So, um, but it's, it's also just going back to that series, they were lighting up. Uh, Igor Sesterkin. And again, game three kind of showed exactly what the Rangers were capable of. They, the Pittsburgh came out and basically curb stomped the Rangers in the first period, the games three and four. And in three, the Rangers came back in four, they didn't. And it looked like they were beaten. I actually thought Igor was guessed. And then Igor found another gear or whatever was left. And then he was, after that, I don't think he gave up four goals the remainder of the playoffs um, Well, in a game. Uh, there were a couple times it was three. But think about how different the, a lot of that could have been if maybe there wasn't a bad penalty taken, I think, by Jacob Truba in game three versus Tampa. But the Rangers were starting to show signs they were running out of gas. And that's why games uh, – four, five, and six kind of didn't go their way. But it's and, – and it also then went Tampa's way because when you when you go through that, you have the experience, and then you can end up seeing uh, – knowing what to do when certain situations come up. Uh, 
D is saying, I wish I could go back to the playoffs and tell our Rob Brindamore to make some changes on the road. Insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I know. I know. You, you got to change it up sometimes, at least. Or just tell people to do whatever they have to do. Music is saying, Char- uh, Tristan Jari isn't really that great of a goal setter, or at least against the New York Rangers. You were correct about that, I think, because I'm not a Tristan Jari fan. I don't think he makes the, the, the key save. His numbers... He's sort of like the Tony Romo of goaltenders. You could, which I could say that about a couple other goaltenders, and you could even make the case about Henrik Lundqvist, but I would disagree with you on that. But it's sort of like, take for instance where uh, the the game where, uh, using this example, when the Broncos still had Peyton Manning and they were lighting up everybody and uh, Romo was leading the Cowboys against them and it's going, all right, there we go. They're, they're, they're head, 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 head. And then... In a critical play, Romo throws an interception. Tristan Jari doesn't make the critical save. See, game seven, what I believe was a Keandre Miller goal that the flex off a skate and gets by him, but it was just, it's 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 a soft goal. He's so prone to soft goals. That's what I just, uh, as an outside person, that's what I could see with him. Uh, well, yeah, and by the way, Mike, that's the reason why they would do that because it's just a whole new market. And Mark, if you're looking ahead to Philly or New Jersey or another NHL arena, let me know. I can get off from work. Yeah, I'll you know on that. Probably I would I would love to do a Jersey game during the middle of the week, seeing if uh, maybe the Big Apple guys want to go because I'd love to do one of those. Penguins, uh, Penguins never deserve to lose. So when they do, it's a big conspiracy. Mike is saying that, and you know what? You're right. It's it's amazing on how a team like the Penguins can never have penalties called in their favor, or even the NHL is always against them. I'm just going to stare in the camera for a second, just to say my disbelief on that one. Uh, <laughs> I do need a cameraman for the on the road segments. Yes. Cause the cameraman is me. I actually got a new, I got a new little shotgun mic that might help me at least set up a little bit better and at least give you guys better audio. Cause I know those, wireless ones can tend to get a little bit hot so and no i didn't count out bridgeport uh it's we're doing we're we're, we're looking into all those things because also i got everybody you know it's it's it's, it's terrible to be liked because then everybody wants you everywhere uh yeah and Latang scoring on his own uh i'm gonna go back to that in a second ice man i'm sorry Latang scoring on his own goalie had more to do with the Rangers coming back in the series than anything else. It was at least four goals where he made it impossible for him to make a save. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, Rangers, uh, the Rangers, especially in game five alone, like that shift Capo Caco had where he had he just controlled the puck for a solid 20 to 30 seconds. I know it sounds so minimal, but yes, absolutely right, Iceman. Diehard Jets fan, maybe they can win six games this year. Maybe, well, you know what? Who knows? That's a tough division. That's a tough division. And again, I'm I'm not a big Tua uh, Tua fan. Um, minor league tickets are cheap and good to watch young kids. Yep, and also uh, it's not that far of a drive for Hartford. So, and even using the um, using the train to get up there. Uh, which player had you be hooked to be a Ranger fan? Darren Turcott. And um, I did say Mike Gartner. Uh, my brothers used to always love John Van Beesbrook. I, I liked him. 
I I wasn't a, a huge Beezer fan. Uh, it was the the real thing that got me hooked on it was uh, Poise for Glory, which was the uh, 89, 90 uh, video yearbook that was uh, narrated by Earl Mann. That was a great time. So I, I love that. We're about at 2.30 right now. Guys, I got eight more minutes. And because I said three o'clock. Actually, I said I was going to 2.30, but I just extended it five more minutes. So let's get them all in. Let's see if I can screw up another guy's name again. Who the hell is he? I'm going to have to look up who Anthony is. Uh, who do you think I'll have a better breakout year? Lafayette Kako? I think it's Lafayette. I think... I think Alexei Lafreniere really breaks out this year. I think his his passing was getting a lot better. I also think Kako might be growing into his body, but uh, it's it's one of those things. It's um, I think I, I, I'm gonna go Lafreniere because I think he's gonna get that top power play spot. That's what I think. I can't see the Rangers looking over and going. Why you put Vinny Chotrick on the second power play on the first power play? Yeah, because that's what they need. Another freaking right-handed guy. Oh, hey, that's big news, actually. And they were talking about doing this. Only one rule change this year. Refs can now review a major penalty and get rid of it altogether instead of reducing it to a minor. Thoughts? Absolutely. There's there's lots of times where they do that. You call the major and then you review it. And then, because uh, it happened in the playoffs with Jacob Truba. They gave the Penguins a power play in game one, and that was a clean hit. Sorry sorry to say that, Penguins fans. And you guys were great to talk to during the playoffs, by the way, but it's 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 just, no, it's, it, that that was a clean hit. Ricard Raquel had his head down. But, yeah. I think both are set for their best years. And again, opening up the options for them is what matters. Here's a guy that a lot of people are forgetting about, Vitaly Kratzoff. I can't wait to see what Vitaly Kratzoff is going to do in preseason. And I hope he dazzles everybody. I hope he absolutely wows the shit out of um, Gerard Gallant. Because if, if he doesn't, then... You got to wonder about Gordy Clark's selections, for to say the least. So, all right, let's. Uh, it's Kako. I scored 68 goals with him in NHL 22. That definitely means he's breaking out. <laughs> oh, by the way, David, I actually had this one stored for you. Um, of uh, any good Ranger fan can't wait to start criticizing their team. I'm going to extend that. Any any Big Apple fan definitely can't wait. To, uh, to to criticize their team. If you're on with us right now, if you haven't heard about the hats, check them out in the link below. Uh, Johnny Red was also asking, why have we heard nothing about Evander Kane's contract arbitration hearing? That's a great question. I have heard zero about that. And that has a lot of... There's, there's a lot of things going forward for that. Uh Warren was on before. It sucks. I, I didn't get this on. We was on because Anthony and I were on a roll for a minute. Uh, but uh, he thinks Bill should hand out all the all the awards going forward. But the thing is, Gary Bettman's actually embraced being booed. 
it's it's it says something it, it says something when you can actually embrace being the bad guy on that one we talked about the miller extension we never got to mention this uh, granny was on with us he, she looked at the tickets at uh for detroit and arizona and yeah they're going big i this is one thing i was wondering about this if they could sell that as sort of like a luxury viewing and really get people to go to the game there and you're gonna have about a third of the size uh, of the crowd of a regular nhl arena but you know what you're gonna be close to the ice there there might not be a bad, bad seat of the house Hopefully, well, hopefully I'll be able to tell you about that. I usually go to Arizona once a year to see family. And lastly, uh, Dave said, I've met Adam Graves before. Very nice guy. Class act. Big charity guy. Yes, Adam Graves is just, Adam Graves is the best. Thank you. It was Lindgren. I thought it was Truba. Mandela effect. Truba had a lot of clean hits. And the Truba hit was, uh, was called, uh, Truba's called for three clean hits. Plus penalties, yeah. So again, that is going to be something different. And at least it cleans up a little bit of the mess. Because if you find that it's 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 sort of like... Uh, I want to compare them to Al Capone for a second, but that's not going to work. So... Uh, D is saying uh, we get hockey preseason this month. Yes, and we get rookie games, I think, as early as next weekend. So look into that. So hopefully we'll be able to see that. I think they're going to be on um, on YouTube. Musics, I got to say this. This is a good question. The, the performance of Sammy Blay might be huge this year. And not just for him, because he's an RFA and he's obviously playing for a contract. But also, I think the other thing about him is, where exactly does he fit in this lineup? And I can imagine him being on a line with Artemi Panarin, a la Colin Blackwell, and doing all the dirty work uh, for him. Not that I think Colin Blackwell was the be-all, end-all. But it, it's, it's, it's interesting where he fits in. He was playing sort of well with the Kreider line when he was there. I think my, my money, he goes onto that fourth line and ends up just, just being a great fourth liner with them. So, uh, and it wasn't just that series. It got worse against Tampa. Well, it also got worse against Tampa because it was, and that I, I got to check. I, I really don't remember having that many problems with the Tampa series. I never understood why the Mandela, uh, why it's called the Mandela effect. I never thought he was dead until he actually died. It should be called the Sinbad effect because everybody thought uh, he died and everybody thought he was Shaq playing a genie. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say this. Uh, I grew up learning about Nelson Mandela, so I don't understand why it's called the Mandela effect and why people thought he died in prison because he was president of South Africa after that. So I, I don't get that one either. All right. D is saying, come on, Mark, you know, it was the Sassoon jeans commercial. They got you into hockey. <laughs> Ron Duguay, Phil Maloney and uh, JD. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, unfortunately I was one when that came out. <laughs> so maybe two. But uh, no, 
actually, I have it on my bio on the um on on the BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com that I think I still have it right over here. I could put it, pull it up briefly just to show you guys this. If you guys haven't started uh, watching us, there's a lot of good content that we have on there. But if you click on my name, you get my bio, and it's all talking about how um, my brother Rob needed somebody to shoot on, so he threw me in net. So <laughs> he threw me in net, and that's and that's how I was a goalie when I first started. I didn't learn how to start skating, but um, until I was fourteen, I was fourteen. I started skating, which is really good. I, I think I might start playing again. So I haven't, I haven't played in six months. So him becoming president was the first time I heard of Nelson Mandela. Unless Drury pulls a rabbit out of his hat, I hope the Rangers have another good season, but it's hard to repeat what they did. Here's the thing. Iceman, I got to say this. This is why I should be a little bit more calm. If the Rangers, the Rangers defense isn't going to be as bad as they were to open last year. 29 times last year. And now, by the way, this is with their defense being bad to start. They were outshot grossly for a, a, a long time in the early part of the season. But 29 times last year, the New York Rangers held their goalies, sorry, their goals against to one or zero. That's pretty good. So there's uh, there's going to be more times where Rangers can definitely repeat that, and especially with the circuit in the pipes. You're talking about Keandre Miller now being used a little bit more of a matchup defenseman and a lot more capable of doing it. Braden Schneider looks very good. Now that he's got another year under his belt. My question is, what are they going to do with the fourth line? What's going to be their matchup line? And it's, they got to have more than just one option. It can't just be Vinny Trocek or sorry. It can't just be Mika Zibanejad. You're going to have to use Vinny Trocek more as a matchup center as well. And I, that's why I think separating him and Panarin really puts it, it puts the onus on the opposing coach. That's my, that's my take on that. And if he does do that, then every single night you have to worry about the Trocek line, the Panarin line, the Zbanejad line, the Gudra line. And now opposing coaches are starting to look over and go, Oh, oh no, how are we going to get out of this building with two points? And that's, that's where hockey really becomes the chess match. I mean, we we can see either from our beer league games or whatever. Uh, sometimes it is just throw all the talent on the top two lines, let them run the two the bottom two lines, just hold your own, um, or the bottom line in in most beer league games. But I mean, it's just you can't do that forever. It's not a sustainable model. It's a good for one game. It's good maybe for two games. It's just that eventually it's going to run out. And I think that's where playoff hockey comes in. We, I already could tell you it's the division winner is going to be either the Rangers or the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are way too good there in the regular season. And even with their druthers, I just I don't see it happening. So uh, that it's not one of those two teams. And the Rangers, I think, got better. I think they, I, I don't mean to keep. I, 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 I asked this question one time. Who's your whipping boy? And mine was always Ryan Strom. I had no faith in Ryan Strom. I didn't think Ryan Strom was the be-all, end-all on anything. And now now the, the Rangers have moved on from him, and I can't be happier. So I just wonder who's the player I'm going to blame everything on next year. So 
<laughs> All right. So wait, Davey, I don't get it. Why nobody wants to term in history. Mandel was a huge historical figure. Yes. And by the way, if you ever if you ever seen the movie Invictus, Morgan Freeman does a fantastic job. And it, it shows the healing power of sports and how he brought it, uh, how the, the South African Rugby World Cup brought a nation together and on how people were nervous uh, for a while on that, the, the, the Secret Service or the security detail for him. But and of course, it's a Clint Eastwood movie, so it was directed fantastic. Name four Rangers that currently make the hockey sock rock. All right. Definitely Kreider and Zabanajad because they're such characters. I'm going to thank you for this one because I think uh, huh. I think that's a good one. If you guys haven't remembered that, the Hockey Sock Rock with Phil Esposito. Uh, I think uh, I'll see if I can just look it up for you guys right now. Play it. Uh Yeah, yes, so much for me. Um, so much for me getting off at three o'clock. Although it is going to happen soon. Uh, is it on? I got it for you right here, guys. Sorry about uh, that riveting. Um, <laughs> that that riveting dead silence right there. Okay, here we go. Let's hope it doesn't get flagged. Um, this is the hockey sock rock for anybody that doesn't know it. And I love that Phil Esposito was able to do this, by the way. <laughs> that I know they did another version of this with, I think, Davidson, Maloney, and, uh, and Duguay. All right, we're going to pause that right there because I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to cut that off. That's copyrighted. But uh, yeah, uh, so let's say, all right, so definitely Crowder and Zabanajak because they're definitely the biggest characters. Uh, see, not Fox. I don't think it would be Fox. I Wonder if it would be lingering. Uh, Kendra Miller's got some acting experience, so uh, maybe him. After all, that's how he got into hockey to begin with. He was in the uh commercial with Pat LaFontaine, and uh, who so yeah, Kendra. And I'm, I'm looking for a real nut. Uh, if, if the Rangers had him, I would say Tyler Mott. I think he's a bit of a personality. Uh, uh, that's a that's a good question. Maybe you know what? Maybe Sammy Blay. Sammy Sammy Blay is quite the showman. So I would I would all right. That's a great question. We're gonna I'll throw that out there for um uh, Big Apple Hockey on Instagram and everything else. <laughs> all right. 
Laffy. Yeah, you know what? I, I think Laffy is a personality too. I just, I just, I just don't know if he's ready for it. Market. They were casting a movie about a about the current NHL team. What player would you be casted for? All right. Now my problem is I'm a right-handed shot, so I can't be Chris Kreider. Uh, so there goes that dream. Uh, the uh, by the way, if, uh, I mentioned this before. I actually did audition for the movie Miracle. Uh, at the time, my I, I was out of acting for a while, so it didn't really pan out. Uh, let's see, who would I be casted for? Uh, probably Braden Schneider. I would say I'd be casted for because uh, I don't I don't have any locks to be Kako. I can't be Panarin. Uh, Maybe you know I, I could grow all my hair and try to try to get a beard. Maybe I could be the manager, ad, but I think I'm too short. I think that was it. <laughs> I would be JT Miller. <laughs> oh man, my room. One of my roommates. He hates hearing JT. He hates, he hates TJ Miller so much. He doesn't like me talking about JT Miller. So. Yeah, already 10 minutes over the time that I said I was going to go. So, yeah, one of these, I got to go to the gym. So, got to gotta get in shape. Got to work out. Uh, yeah, so I would have to say if <laughs> I'd be coached, I'd be coached, I'd be uh, cast as Turk. That's what happened to me. I had to shave my head. I had to shave off these, these locks that I got right there. By the way, once again, guys, if you're, if you're interested in the hats, check the link below. Uh, I got some of them on there. I'd be cast as Patrick Nemeth. Oh, David, by, uh, by the way, Iceman, ouch. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I, often, I often regret that Kevin Shattenkirk came over at the worst time for the New York Rangers, but, uh, I used to have the, um, Mr. Meeseeks going, I'm Mr. Shatty. Look at me. Oh. Uh, uh, so what do I think they would get back for a deal for Kratzoff and Nils? I think you would get other teams' prospects that are blocked in their lineup as well. If it's the two of them together, you might be able to get an established NHL player. Maybe you get somebody that's in there. But I think um, I, I, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing. And I know a lot of guys are down on it. I saw David's comment just come through right there. Maybe Michael Haley. But the thing is, a lot of guys always do this, and the talent evalu- the talent evaluators will tell you, you get them in our system, and I can fix them in ten minutes. We were talking about baseball before. After all, the Mets did that with Victor Zambrano. <laughs> so um, it could, it could happen with almost any player. They could just look over and go, "There's a guy not being utilized by this team." Analytics say this. As I knock this around a little bit. Uh, analytics say this, and then they go out and they find another guy. So I don't think I don't. Th- I, I'm not going to cast aspersions and say uh, or, or throw dirt on these guys on their NHL careers. Nils Lundqvist it could be a hell of a player if he finds the right team, but he's blocked. That's the thing, and it's he's not going to be the number one pa- appointment for the Rangers. I can tell you that. Even if Fox goes down tomorrow, they're still going to go to Jacob Trouba. I think first. Um, Davey's saying. Now it's not like Kratzoff and Nils are the only two guys that have trouble breaking into the lineup. Why are the Rangers pros- uh, prospects the only ones trying to get out? 
Well, lots of teams, they, 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 lots of teams have guys request trades, but a lot of, you don't get a lot of them being reported as much. So see, uh, and again, I don't think it's going to be that, that small. And if that's the case, because uh, again, they're on entry level deals. Kratzoff, Kratzoff, the reason why there's a pressure on Kratzoff is it's a one-way deal. He's either in the NHL or he's not. And uh, I think that's why the Rangers are going to give him a look. That's where it comes down to. I think that's what's what's really going to happen. So, all right. Uh, hey, guys, I'm going to actually sign it off there because uh, it's been a hell of a time talking. And I'm going to start the song right now. Somebody's somebody's going to ask me a question in a couple seconds, and it's going to end up defer, uh, deterring me a little bit. But like I always say, this is a song from my cousin Phil, uh, who, rest his heart, used to be uh, an audio guy for the Rangers for the mid-90s. He's got a picture of him with the Stanley Cup. So, he was probably the most talented musician in my family, so that's where, and the song is called bye-bye maybe one of the times i'll actually put it on here and no it's not the insane bye-bye this is definitely a lot better it's a classic rock version um let's see what we got for our last one <laughs> who i wear short actually you know what i am wearing shorts right now <laughs> everybody by the way if you haven't hit the like button please hit the like button because it helps out with the algorithm i have it on there and also, let's see, right now we have 21 likes. So we're hoping when we get our season preview, that'll actually get the numbers up a little bit more. If Scott's off, he's a good season. Uh, it'd be hard to sign him. Well, then that's fine. Because that's when you have to make a decision. You have too much, uh, too much talent. It's, it's one of those... It's a problem, but it's a good problem, but it's still a problem. Uh, I was waiting for Lou. Uh, Lou will call where it is. Oh, Lou does not want to be hearing from me right now. I'm not going to hold off on that one, because right now Big Apple Hockey is not the three words that he wants to hear. And so long, farewell, goodbye by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy is going. Yeah, I just don't know if I'd have the rights to that one, Chris. My nerves are shot. I've been sleeping on the couch. But unfortunately, by the way, this is my cousin Phil. He passed away. It was a 2011. Yeah, it was 2011. Best play. Probably Great guy. Great guy. Gotta get you on there. But anyway, boys, thank you very much. Check out the hats. I'll get them out to you as soon as possible. And um, <laughs> Lou's eating oatmeal. But uh, I'll get him out to you as soon as possible. It's uh, it's always a great time for this. We are back. We're going to be back here every single Wednesday, or at least once every single week, if not more. I still have to have a video coming up about uh, comparing Henry Lundqvist's career to Chris Price, and also showing the metamorphosis of Chris Kreider as a goal scorer last year. I keep threatening everybody to put that one out, and I have to do that. It is an evaluation of his 52 goal season. So. Anyway, again, everybody, thank you very much. We'll see you next week.